Hello, and welcome to another fantastic episode of the Action Tune Bros. I'm Ben Sturgeon. I'm Matthew Lewis. And this is episode... Ten, should be. Ten, yes. Episode yep. ten of of our podcast, which is The Legend of Korra. And mm-hmm. this is an exciting time because we're actually starting season two right now. I was also going to say it's also exciting because this is the first episode we're recording since the podcast actually went up live on uh, iTunes and YouTube. Yeah, <laughs> oh my goodness, personal stuff and all that. But anyway, mm-hmm. you don't want to hear about that. You want to hear about these episodes. Oh, hell yeah. And we're going to jump right into season two premiere, Rebel Spirits. Rebel Spirits. Starts off with the narrator... Talking yeah. about how it was six months mm-hmm. since Amon and the Equalist have been defeated. Since then, the council that Tenzin was on is disbanded completely. Thank goodness. Oh my goodness, <laughs> They were right? wildly incompetent and very easily uh, like uh, stopped and controlled by Amon. <laughs> right. But they did, however, Republic City did hire their first, uh, like, uh, hire, vote in their first president. <laughs> yep. Um, also... We also know that Boomy mm-hmm. is retired from his uh, United Forces and is going to live on Air Temple Island with Tenzin. Yep. Ooh, boy. <laughs> no tension there, I'm sure. And the, the last thing all we know is is that, you know, Korra and Mako are the talk of the town because they're a couple now. Yay! Yay. <laughs> but, but meanwhile, as mm-hmm. all of this is happening, trouble is coming forth in the Southern Water Tribe. Yep. We open up by seeing a weird... Is it a what, fishing ship? Yeah, it's a, it's a it fishing has to be, ship. Yeah, it's an old man and a, and a young guy. And they get attacked by a big-ass squid-like spirit <laughs> attacks right. the boat. Right, just, a, just big old tentacles. And it's a spirit because no normal creature would glow that way. Oh, yeah. Um, as that happens... Um, we get, we finally get our title card saying yep. what the episode is, and then we get to see our first pro-bending in a long oh, time. I was going to say before that this is also the first um, book, like, you know, the seasons are called books. This is the first one in all of Avatar that's not an actual element. Oh, yes, that's it's right, because this is, yeah, yeah. spirits. Yeah, the first one was uh, air because that's what Korra, Korra was trying learned, to learn. But also, that was the last one after Aang's um, water, earth, and fire. Right, yeah, because... Aang had to learn all the elements, and that's yep. all he was. Now this one, but he sees from air to after those spirits. Learn, yeah. mm-hmm. Ooh, crazy! <laughs> now we can talk about pro bending. Pro bending. Oh yeah, the, it's back. Yep, the fire fairs versus the rhino lions. <laughs> the ri- yeah, that's what it was. And we we get Bolin giving a nice pep talk about how mm-hmm. they sucked in the last game, <laughs> and now you know that was in the past. And as he's giving his pep talk, we see his two teammates, the ever so. Two random guys. Yeah, two randos. Who are not two random look guys. Vaguely like Mako and Korra from the back. I think it was a yeah, gag. Yeah, yeah, I was gonna say they kind of do, but not really. And long story short, the fire ferrets get immediately knocked out oh, yeah. in the first. Like even the announcer was yep, talking about no. how it was a record on fastest knockout ever. Yep, the fastest knockout in pro bending history. <laughs> yeah, there it was. Um, and as that ha- as that happens, you know, Bolin's like, "Where's Mako when you need him?" Katamako. Yeah, being a dope ass motorcycle cop. Oh yeah, <laughs> chasing really cool. out, ch- chasing down some triads and all that stuff. Oh, yeah. Actually, doing a really good job. Oh, I'm actually. glad being the bending, a badass yeah, and all the that. The bending stuff. gangs being back is really goddamn cool. Mm, oh my god, I was <laughs> so happy when I saw them. And then of course, you know, after a nice, awesome cut, uh, like car chase and all that stuff, yep. he finally knocks them over, catches them, and he goes, 
looks like you had some car trouble. Yeah. Good thing the police are here. <laughs> I'm like... Nice I, one-liner. Exactly. I'm just like... I, I wanted to feel bad, like, oh my god, are you serious? But at the same time, I mean, come on. Yeah, I gotta love a nice cop one-liner after pulling pull a cool badass move like that. Exactly. Uh, so, you know, he he catches him and all that. And then we cut, another cut, yep. to Asami, who yep. is piloting a, a plane. Yeah, learning to fly, that is very cool. <laughs> yep. And of course, after she, she lands it and she tells some person she works with, I guess, yep. that everything's good to go, they're ready to ship out. And the guy is, and the guy who was talking to her is like, yeah, um, not to bring up the elephant rhino in the room, no. but your dad's in prison, and because of that, nobody wants to deal with us. We're almost bankrupt. Yep, Future Industries is in big trouble. Yes, but they, but she rest assured, she's going to be talking to someone in the South Pole who can help them out. Oh, don't jump ahead yet. But then, no, that's <laughs> Did they mention that there? Yeah, she actually I'm mentioned sure she's mentioned going that, to the South yeah, Pole. Yeah, yeah, that's going to be yeah. important. <laughs> um... Cut then to, cut to yep. Air Temple Island. Yep, Cora doing some airbending training, I guess. <laughs> um, well, more like she's doing uh, air scooter races with yeah, the kids. Yeah, yeah. And what she does, and she's almost gonna not win the race until she Avatar states. Of course, she and cheats. wins it. Yep. And of course, after finding out that she used the Avatar state, so. Loosely, Tenzin's <laughs> all upset because you know it, it's not an episode unless Tenzin's upset about of something. Of course, Cora's doing something wrong, but also <laughs> when we see Boomy being silly with them, we get yes. some real cool stuff with Boomy, who is voice actor Richard Real. I know from a ton of stuff. He's a, a he's uh from West Wings and Tremors and uh, Buffy. Wait, tr- wait, he's in Tremors? Yeah, I think Which he's one? I think he's the first one possibly, but he's he's in a yeah, but he's in Buffy. He was in like. Three out of the six Star Trek series at the time. So, so Boomy's voice actor is really famous. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. He also does like, like um, I don't know for like um, what the heck is that? Wolf, Wolford Brimley looking guy who like does like impressions of him too. He's really great. <laughs> He's a really funny dude. But yeah, nice. Boomy's great and silly and just being like a great immature awesome dude. Oh yeah, <laughs> Boomy is one of my favorite non-benders ever. Hmm. Um. But anyway, so you know. Um, Tenzin's like, Cora, you need to actually learn uh, airbending. But here, we're going to go on a vacation to all the air temples. Yeah. That, <laughs> <laughs> I was, like, was, it, was that Aang's goal in the beginning of the first season, I believe? Um, or, he I goes did, to I, his. Yeah, he, he does go to the other ones, but it, it was more of a vacation, not a actual lear, like learning about his past and stuff like I mean, that. I think it, like, Tenzin vaguely like allude to, like, yeah, we're going to visit all the temples just like Aang did when he was doing his uh, stuff. Yes. Yeah. Uh, he did mention that because Aang actually did, but Aang wasn't anything important. He just wanted to visit them because, yeah, yeah, well, yeah. it's been a hundred years. Yeah. I was like, Aang. did we see all four of them? I remember the upside down one where Sparky Sparky Boom Man attacked. I remember the first one where his people were all dead. I think, and uh, yeah, look, there's the one where everyone was dead. There's the upside down one. There's the one with the, uh, the where the where the zeppelins are created, the hot air balloons. Uh, oh and yeah, for the for the attack on the uh, fire tribe. I think we do then? see the fourth one, but I can't remember off the top of my head. Ah, okay. But back on topic. Mm-hmm. Um. So you know, tens and Boomy. Gets a really big kick out of Vacation Tenzin, as it's yeah, now going to yeah. be unofficially called. <laughs> and, of course, Tenzin's like, no, you're not coming. But Korra wants to lighten up the mood by saying they're going to the uh, Southern Spirits Festival? Uh, Glacier Spirits Glacier Spirits Festival, festival. Yep. thank you. In the South Pole. Yep. Where there's, like, it's it's a festival, you know, there's rides, there's mm-hmm. games, there's fried food. And, of course, Tenzin is... Not at all thrilled. <laughs> he's like, ugh, what are we And he's even, And he's even more unthrilled because, well, 
his mom, who is Boomy's mom too, invited Boomy. So Boomy gets to come too. <laughs> of course. Yeah, Katara. Still uh, being dope. Yeah, of course. Katara's the best. Um, then we cut to... I think we go on the boat ride. With, yes, um, it's Mako on the boat where uh, Mako and uh, Korra are talking. You know, Mako regales in his, his tales cool cop of stories. Awesome. <laughs> his cool cop stories are awesome. And Korra is displeased because, you know, Tenzin's doing all the strict stuff and all she does is train and stuff. And Mako does the, you know, whatever a boyfriend does and tries to reassure her that what's going on is good by, you know, letting her know, you know, you know, Tenzin just wants to help you become the mm-hmm. Avatar kind of thing. And Korra, in typical faction, gets gets up, gets mad, walks away. <laughs> and even, even Mako's like, man, catching triads is much easier than having a conversation with her. Yeah, she's very difficult. But also, we skipped over the uh, the cool list of one-liners that Mako has. I did not actually write them down. <laughs> oh, I didn't write any of them down myself, but I knew that she just had like, a whole list. She, like, oh, yeah, one of the... Like, one of the, was the, one. The, the one that Korra liked was, uh, like, when you get to prison, tell him Mako, Mako sent you. Yeah. <laughs> oh, the other one... I remember the other one. Looks like you should have put a little bit more try in triad. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I was so happy. Those are so good. <laughs> it was great. It's so funny. Uh, but then, after those one-liners and after everything yep. we said, we finally get to the South Pole. Oh, yeah. Where Katara and, first time ever seeing, mm-hmm. um, Tenzin's sister, Kaya. Yep. Um, you know, everyone they're all happy to see everyone. Of course. And Bolin notices there's a lot more people. And he's oh, like, yeah. whoa, look <laughs> at all these people. Oh, before that, uh, Kaya, voiced by Lisa Edelstein from House. If you Oh, Cuddy, yeah. She was Cuddy, the director did. in House, yeah. And also from uh, Girlfriend's Guide to Divorce, she's one of the main characters on that. But yeah, she's done a ton of stuff, too. I, I loved her on House, so I loved her as Kaya. <laughs> also, we find she beat... I, she used to I can actually see, but... knowing that she's in House, I can actually see the resemblance. Oh, yeah, yeah. But also, she, like, we mentioned she beats up Tenzin a lot. And just like, oh, oh, dude, yeah. Be, beats up Tenzin. <laughs> rough, rough sister, but also pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Oh, when um, we see, um, uh, before the ships, the new, that dope-ass, beautiful Northern Water Tribe ship, we see Ton Rock Corps' dad... Once again, by Action Tune Bros veteran James Remar from mm-hmm. Dexter, Mortal Kombat Annihilation, Icicle Senior in Young Justice. Yep, yep. And Sex in the City and stuff like that. Also, he makes a joke about not liking Mako because he's dating his daughter. <laughs> yeah, but it, it's not. He jokes it, about yeah, yeah, it. Mean, it, it's a joke that. and uh, it doesn't last long because even Chorus is like, eh, yeah, come on, cool. me. <laughs> yeah, that was really good. <laughs> then that the cool, ship comes beautiful in. Northern that beautiful Water ship. Yep. And we get. We get the chief, who is not introduced yet by name. However, his name is Unalak. Yep, Unalak, and we see Eska and Desna, uh, two of my favorite characters. <laughs> I, I, can, I, can, I can see why you would like them. Um, they are and of great. Course, I absolutely love them back in the day when they first got introduced. They're fantastic. Um, but Bolin's like, ooh, look at the ladies. Yeah. And, um, you know, Korra's like, that's Eska and Desna, and Desna's a dude. And Bolin... <laughs> Just like me, not gonna lie. Pulled the so which one's this? <laughs> yeah, right. He was just yeah, like, they, I, I, I think oh, they, I think they decided guy? to go with Final Fantasy ways of making guys because they both look like girls. <laughs> yeah, they're both very feminine looking, but they are dope. Now, as well. again, again, um, just to point out, we we already know it's Unalak, you and I do, but the people watching, he's just known as the chief of the Northern Water Tribe. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll, we'll break like that. We'll break it like that. But I'll I'll point out when he finally gets called Unalak, just to show how ridiculous this introduction is. I'm about to say, I, I get my notes. Like just next thing that happens, we find out that that is, of course, uncle. Yes, yeah. No, they, they do call. 
Okay. Well, it's not necessarily through the fact that Korra says that's my uncle. Yeah. We find out that Tonrock and Unalak are, are brothers. brothers. Yeah. And then everyone can fill in the pieces. I'm just filtering everything through Korra's POV. <laughs> right. We uh, see that he's incredibly spiritual, which is this world's equivalent to very religious. Yes. Which is oh, a very important theme for very. this entire season. <laughs> Indeed. And of course, he's like, oh, the South isn't as spiritual. And this, is, this festival used to be about, you know, being all holy and spiritual and respect of the spirits and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. And, of course, uh, Tonrock's like, look, traditions change over time. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not. it doesn't have to always be like that. We're allowed to, you know, kind of... And, of course, Unalak's like, come on now. Oh, yeah, Unalak also, this, I think at this point, he talks to Korra saying like, he wants. He knows about the spirit attacks on the uh, southern ships. Yep, he, that, that's actually when yep. he brings it up. And he wants to teach her spiritual training. And, of course, uh, Tenzin and Tonrock are just like, no. Yep. <laughs> They're like, oh, come on. Leave just, just no. Um, which, after that happens, and after mm-hmm. uh, Unalak fails in succeeding in being the instructor, we cut to a smaller yet very ornate-looking oh, boat, yeah. boat with Asami and Bolin. And Asami's <laughs> like, okay, listen. This guy, Varric. Yep. Who's, who's the best character in season two so far. Um, <laughs> he's great. He's he's not only one of the richest guys in the mm-hmm. world, but he literally controls all of the global shipping business. Yep. So you're going to be my assistant, Bolin, and don't say anything. <laughs> and of course, Bolin's like, yeah, sure. Cut to what we assume is Varric. We get a the very, intro, yeah. <laughs> a very fashionably dressed up man sitting on like a, a pillow of some sort with a whole bunch of people. Oh, yeah. Just... Holding his head in like as if he was thinking really, really hard, and after a few seconds, he just bright uh, opens his eyes and goes, "Did you see that levitation? <laughs> I was a foot off the ground." Everyone starts yeah, yeah, applauding, like, "Yeah, yeah." But then Bolin's just like, "Um, you were literally just sitting on a pillow." <laughs> Varric, angry, just goes face to like literally face touching face which is like one of his iconic things oh, yeah. and goes are you saying i was not levitating and bolin's like uh no you weren't <laughs> and of course Varric is like well why didn't anyone say so now i look like an idiot and nor- normal rich people guy swami you're fired <laughs> <laughs> and then he just bows out the room that was hilarious <laughs> that was great yeah we see Varric surrounded by like yes men and women just like yo you're great you're great and that's just, he loves Bully just for telling him the truth like that right yeah it call, calls uh, calls him Masami's tiger shark <laughs> yeah. he, he just likes the straightforwardness and of course you know Varric is like flaunting a whole bunch of things like you know hey I'm this and this and his assistant Julie Zoo, cannot yeah. forget it, it, it's spelled Z H U, so it's yeah, Zhu or Zhu. It's, it's, it's pronounced as Zhu. Zhu, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, any, but anyway, yeah, it's the. I think they went with Chinese spellings of things. Presumably, yes. But um, yeah, Julie is really dope, and we see oh, that Eric has invented movers. Yeah, movers. <laughs> or for those who don't know what movers are, moving pictures. Oh yeah. And we get to hear the most like the second most iconic line in season two. Julie, do the thing. Oh, yeah, that's going to be a big thing. And we also meet uh, Ginger. Blah, 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 oh, yep, G- Ginger. <laughs> I'm sorry, Ginger who? That's very. She, like, poses, and of course, Bolin's like, immediately like, whoa. Yeah, Bolin is like, boom, like, oh my goodness, yeah. And um, as all of this is happening, Asami's like, um, I kind of want to make this deal with you, and, and then Varric goes, ah, ah, that, look me in the eyes, does the face to face thing, literally. And after, uh, like, 
ten seconds of silence and just them staring at each other, Varric is just like, we have a deal! Yep. Just instantly. Yeah, and so they're both going to my rocket boat, so I'm just like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> rocket yes, boat. my rocket boat. <laughs> and so he just walks on off and everyone go- joins except for Asami and Bolin. And, of course, Asami's happy. Yeah. So she's just like, you're really good at being an assistant, Bolin. Even <laughs> Give though... Give a big it, hug for thank for helping this goddamn crazy-ass negotiations that just happened. <laughs> yes, and, of course, as you all know, Varric is literally the season two equivalent of best character, just under Bolin. Because yeah, Bolin is always the best. But, like, yeah, like uh, Varric's freaking hilarious. He reminds me, of course, of Tony, like, uh, the comic book Tony Stark. Like, yeah, oh, the, is, his weird is that hair t- and his, like, crazy mustache. And yeah. Really? Yeah. <laughs> See, I, I, I knew there, were, there was a difference between Robert Downey and the comic. Of course, but not but much, I didn't, but, yeah, I didn't know it was very, similar very, to Varric. Yeah, Varric's very much more, like, eccentric <laughs> and silly. But there, it's, like, yeah, very early, before you matured from all the crazy that happened to him, Tony Stark. Like, yeah, it's true. True, very true. Uh, this is when we cut back to Unalak continues to be displeased with the festival and how unspiritual the festival has become. And Korra uh, has become <laughs> right, portrait. and and he again he tries to be Korra's instructor in the spirits, mm-hmm. and of course Uno and Tor- Tonrock. Sorry, they both have similar Tonrock names. Tonrock and Unalak, yeah, yeah. I, I just uh, yeah. Uh, Tonrock's just like um, we said no, and Korra's just like ugh, and that's when we reveal that Aang did not have the White Lotus put her into seclusion. Mm-hmm. It was actually Tenzin and Korra's dad. Yes. Yeah, that's when that gets dropped. Yeah, that was a, that was a very interesting take. But also, I'll, I'll say, like, she's very upset about that, but we also see that it did help her learn the elements safely and quickly and very efficiently more than Aang did, who just had to learn them on the fly while on the run. It, yes. I mean, <laughs> that is very true. And actually, even in the rest of the episodes, they don't point that out. Well, well, yeah. But, yeah. I mean, that, that, that is a good thing to note. Um, And then, after... Unalak does his whole thing. Varric, this is the moment where we finally get to hear Unalak's name. And it's just, on the side, on the fly, Varric says it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. wait, is this at the, the party? or the? Or yeah, that, that's at, all this happened at the feast, because after yeah. the whole thing with Varric, it was at the Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, we see Tenzin in the crowd, like, acting very immature around his friend, around his family, just because I tell you, it's like, when you get back to home with your family, it's like, ah, I'm back right, in my yeah. old school shitty little kid stuff with his siblings beating him up all the time. <laughs> right. But and, yeah. And then, of course, after that whole seriousness and, I, yeah, he and gives all a, that silliness. Yeah, uh, like gives a speech to the whole crowd about how unspiritual everyone's become and just like shaming them. And then like... Pretty much. <laughs> Barrack's like, hey, that's great. Come on, Unalak, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> now Wushu's dancing otter penguins. <laughs> and I was just like, yeah. Wushu's um, a hilarious we, little clown, dude. It was great. It was, yeah, it was just an amazing little nod. And we finally <laughs> got to see otter penguins again. Yeah, we haven't seen them since episode one, right? Yeah, episode uh, one of, the, of uh, Aang with yeah, the penguins. Penguins right, Yeah, like all the way back there. Yeah, yeah Oof, with the penguins the beginning. Um, But then we go back to the festival where uh, um, Bolin looks and sees... I was going to throw a bunch of like cuteness, like couple oh, couple yeah. scenes with Mako and Korra being annoying. Uh, how how, how <laughs> do Sokka and Top say it in the comics? It's too much Oogie. Yeah, too much Oogie stuff. Yeah, too much Oogie. <laughs> um, and of course, Bolin sees Eska and Desna. Of and he's just like, time to make my move. Oh, yeah. Goes over and does the Bolin way of flirting. And uh, how, how would you describe how Eska and Desna Oh, I have it written down here. She hisses at him. <laughs> Well, right. I mean, I mean, their personality. Oh. I, I, I would say, like... I said robotic in my notes. <laughs> okay, that, that's a good way of saying they're it. They're, they're very They're very uh, bland, because... Yeah, there's they, kind of a vague, um, non-canon reason. I'll, I'll try to see if I remember, but, like, the creator had different plans for why they behave like that than what actually turns out to be, like, 
the whole thing. Oh, uh, yeah. But I'll, I'll, I'll bring that up if, if I remember to way later. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, but, but, like, yeah. but seriously, we're talking like both of them. One of them as a guy voice and the other as a girl voice. They literally have like this very monotonic kind of, oh. I liked it. <laughs> I, I, I like it too. It's just... Uh, their personalities, but yeah, also um, he was fucking the damn audio with all of our laughs on this. But yeah, I love Eska and Desna, and also of course uh, Desna, a voice I didn't know from much. But Eska, did you pick up who her voice is? No, I have not. It's Aubrey Plaza. Really? Yeah, from Scott Pilgrim, Parks and Rec, a ton of other things, what? Legion. Yeah, it's, of course. Yeah, it's Aubrey Plaza. That's, crazy. That's why she's so great. <laughs> That's amazing. That's amazing. Yeah. Um. Well, long story short, Bolin Sorry, hits on uh, Eska, and Eska's like, yes, I will make you mine. Yeah. As a boyfriend or as a slave? Yes. yes. <laughs> and and literally. Bolin gets dragged away. Immedi- yeah, immediately, her first order is, win me prizes. And it drags him, literally drags him away. Yeah, we see the uh, we see a cute little Aang and Momo carnival contest. Yep. <laughs> With like squirting, was it uh, Aang squirting water in? Yeah, Momo it was Aang yeah, Aang squirting in a, I, I thought it was a, I thought it was Appa, but no, they win the Appa plushie. Oh, that's right. That's I'm pretty right. sure. Yeah, like the, the other so many, things. so many nods. Of course, Cora is talking to Mako about you know all of this stuff about how Tenzin and her dad put her in seclusion and blah blah blah. They know what's best for me. I hate this blah blah, and because of what happened last time, of course, Mako tries <laughs> the other approach, which is. Just stay, just sit, listen, and when she, she's like, "Hey, what what do you think I should do?" He does the "I support you in anything," and of course, that <laughs> Cora didn't being, work. Cora, Cora being Cora, Cora, that's never gonna be. Yeah. That's that's not good enough. So she has to be like, "Er, never mind." And, and you know, for the first time in a like in this entire series, I actually feel sorry for Mako because he's literally that's, trying. Yeah, well, that's what he gets for being such a difficult person like Cora, though. Because she is a difficult person all around. True. That's why you liked her in the first place, I guess, too. <laughs> um, well, it cut to that night when everyone's sleeping, and Naga just starts randomly howling. Mm-hmm. And as Naga's howling, and Korra's like, dude, you're going to wake everyone up, we see our second spirit. Mm-hmm. A very cool-looking, bipedal, weird... Uh... Like gecko looking thing. Yes, seriously, <laughs> like, cool something looking. weird. And they're all like also these spirits look very um like blue and semi translucent. Yeah, like a blue, like bluish, violet, blackish. Yeah. Like you, you can tell like if there were if there was a color coding for good and bad, these things are bad <laughs> lo- looking at. <laughs> well, least. yeah, we'll see. Only do they? But, oh, yeah, we'll get there in a second. <laughs> but um, you know, everyone sees the spirit, freaks out, and start fighting it. Mm-hmm. Very Every- cool fighting animation oh, with them, amazing. With Mako and Bolin and Korra. And you know, um, everything does not start doesn't work. Like bending is not doing anything. To oh, we also spirit. find out her dad is a waterbender. Well, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's true. You could assume, but we it's not. No, you're, you're right because yeah. we've never actually seen him fight up to this yeah, point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yep. Cora's dad is a waterbender, and all of a sudden, as all of this is failing, oh, um, Tenzin tries to communicate with the spirit and fails. It like knocks him away as well. Oh, that's right. He's just like, "Why are you mad?" And the spirit literally just does the silent turn and then smack. Yep, and then um, after that fills, we also see um, Korra goes into the Avatar state. Oh yeah, that's right. She Avatar try. states and like even does all the different elements yep. in the Avatar state. Even that doesn't that work. Also, is not good enough. Like literally, every single thing they try does not work. Oh yeah, until Unalak appears and does this weird. I mean, it looks like he's bending, but he's not, and the spirit gets pacified, mm-hmm. starts glowing yellow, and then. Like, is exercised from the plane of existence. Yep. And after that, Korra's just like, 
that was awesome. How did you do that? And, of course, Unalak's like, I could teach you all these things if you join me. I'm the only one who can teach the Avatar. (laughs) Yes. And, of course, Tenzin and and, uh, Tanrock are like, no, you shouldn't do this kind of thing. And Korra's like, okay, listen, I'm fed up with this. Tenzin, thanks, but I'm going with this guy, and that's that. And, of course, Tenzin is saddened about this, but he respects the wishes of the Avatar. Mm Mm-hmm. And the next morning, he and his family start packing up to go to the Southern Air Temple. When Katara, good old Katara, yep, being is like, awesome hey, um, see these two? See these two, your brother and sister? Come on, take them with you. They're your family, you know? And this is supposed to be a family vacation. And how can Tenzin say no to his mom? <laughs> and so, yep. So, Kaya, Bumi, Tenzin, and family... Get to go on Vacation Tenzin. Oh, yeah. And uh, the final line of the episode after that, we cut back to Korra and Unalak with the line, Unalak has great plans for Korra. And that's where that episode ends. Oh, yeah. <laughs> now, I'm a, because this was the question I had after this episode, when I first watched this episode. Yep. This doesn't seem right. I was going to say, my question for, like, the between episodes was going to be, were, at this point, were you getting any weird vibes from Unalak? Oh, well, from Unalak? <laughs> or just I, from the whole situation? Well, from, from Unalak, he did kind of give off a bit of a sinister vibe at first, mm. but then I realized he literally just wants to teach yep, he's the an, spirituality of yeah, things. he's just an incredibly pious person. Yeah. In a, like, in a vaguely pious time, like, time of the world, and it's just like, yeah. you seem very weird with how, like, strongly... Religious and old school, you seem compared to everyone else. It's just like well, okay. then again, the water tribes are a bit more old school, quote unquote, yeah, than everyone else. Yeah, I mean, yeah, they're compared to yeah. Republic City. Compared to but, what you'll see in future seasons, they are very like well, they still look like this. <laughs> it's very right. Weird. Um, but the other thing that really confused me is if I remember correctly, Aang and probably all the other avatars before they learned about the spirit world on their own. And just by going out and doing yep, things. Yep, just like sitting... Or like, uh, Aang connected to the spirit world at the end of season one when he tried to save the water tribe, right? Um, no. It was before that when he oh, was the in panda, the forest. Oh, the panda. Yeah, the panda. That's what I, I was going to bring that up for the next episode about like, yeah, like the, the way the panda... The way that weird panda spirit looked like mm-hmm. a weird monster looking thing compared to like... We'll, yeah. we'll get to that, but still, like Aang literally didn't know what he was doing and mm-hmm. had to figure it out on his own. I don't even remember what the hell like, all happened in that episode. Did that um, he, he, monkey? He, he somehow, like, he somehow, uh, like, went into the spirit world and that's when we, uh, that's when, you know, he didn't, he didn't meet Ko. Not yet, he that's didn't at meet, the end He of didn't the meet that weird monkey who was just like, go away, wait. Or that weird faceless monkey. Well, that's like, wait, yeah, it's like a, the faceless now I'm monkey is going on monkey. the... Is yeah, that was the co-mission. Yeah, there's, the there's, a different, well, there's a different time when he goes to the spirit realm when there's like just monkey meditating. Yeah. And he sees Aang and he's just, just want, he wants nothing to do with him. Just mm-hmm. like, go away. I'm not going to. And he even tries to ignore him. But, so, for this way of doing it, for Korra to actually learn through an instructor yep. well, on, this, on the ways of the spirit rather than how... Her, I think every other avatar before her mm-hmm. did it, where they just did it on their own somehow and figured it out. I was gonna say Korra does need a lot of help with a lot of stuff, but I was gonna say, but yeah, I mean, then I remembered uh, Guru Patik. Guru Patik. Oh, who yeah. taught Aang the Avatar State 
to try to unlock yeah. the true true power of the Avatar state, which is like total, you know, yeah. Buddhist, Buddhist nothing, well, not connect, no connection to the world. In, actually, technically, what he did was he tried to re like reopen the Avatar state because Aang couldn't after Azula after killed, Azula him. killed him. Yeah, yeah. So all, all he did was reopen it for him. Yeah, but no, he was trying to get him to like unlock a higher level and like be more in control of it. Oh yeah, by you're having right, him go right. full Buddhist, no connections to anything, nothing matters, and everything matters, and don't don't specific you're, like yeah, no yeah ties. okay, you're right, you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah he was, did he did that. I mean, that's why he they had uh, pineapple. Uh, no, it was a uh, banana and uh, onion, onion juice. Yeah, banana onion, banana onion juice. But right, no. um, <laughs> but either, but either way, just uh, Unalak did give me some vibes. And they, they kind of got quelled because, yeah, he's pious, but he is actually wanting to help her yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. And just the fact that she's learning from an instructor gave me a raised eyebrow because I just want to see how this unfolds. Well, there's, yeah, we're only one episode into the season, so we're talking that much about it. Exactly. Which, speaking of seeing how this unfolds, mm-hmm. we get into episode two, The Southern, Southern Lights. Lights. Um, we open up with the narrator talking about how... I was going to say, there was no last time. Yeah, there was. In the cut I watched, it wasn't any last time. Um, I have the Blu-ray. Oh. And, uh, I'll just say, was... yeah, I watched it online, and I was no next time. Because uh, it, it was, it aired as a two-part, I believe. Was it? I believe so, yeah, on TV. No, it it, on the Blu-ray, they treat the, every single episode as its own episode. Mm, must have been, yeah, I didn't like um, Which, the narrator, at least from what I saw, was, you know, talking about how the Southern Water Tribe is being attacked by spirits, and Unalak is literally the only one who was able to defeat it. So, Korra, qu- like, actual quote... Korra turns her back on Tenzin to, <laughs> well, to, to go to uh, Unalak as the mentor. And, of course, Tenzin and family, including Bumi and Kaya, are going to the Southern Air Temple while Korra stays behind. Can Korra bring balance to the spirits and humans? Mm. Insert title card. Cut to uh, cut to the Southern Water Tribe, like where the festival is, yep. where we see just a random tiny little spirit yep. up here and just Overlooking over. the city. Yep. yep. And uh, then we see some polar camels. Is that what those were? Um, yeah, I believe so. I don't know if they were mentioned before, but that's why I wrote in my no, notes. No, they, they were, were never mentioned at all. Like, this was the first time they've ever okay, been yeah, seen. Okay, yeah, polar and camels. I think they look cool as heck. They, they really do, yeah. <laughs> um, Korra rushes to Unalak, and Unalak's like, um, you're early. She's like, well, yeah, I'm, I'm ready to have you teach me how to fight spirits. And yep. Unalak's like, you're not fighting spirits, but I am going to train you in spiritual ways. That's yes. why we're getting on these polar camels. <laughs> and it's like, wait, 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 what? Um, and she, he's like, yeah, we have to go to the, we have to go to the main hub of all spirituality in the South, which is the South Pole, like yeah. the actual pole. Yep, the pole of this world. Mm-hmm. Uh, this one we, um... We cut to Vacation Tenzin. Yep, Tenzin and Vam get to the Southern Air Temple. Uh, the monks living in the temple <laughs> are, are like, really cool. Uh, yeah, the, the, you know, just, oh my goodness, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, and there's a lot of... They refer to them as, yeah. Yeah, and, and the it, there's obviously shenanigans involved, uh, are involved, but this is where we actually actually learn in I'll the episode. I'll just say, yeah, where, first we, where, see, um, um, we see Milo get a lemur, her name's Pokey. <laughs> well, there's that too. Um, yeah, and you know, they're just the monks are giving gifts like Pema gets they're, a giant, yeah, they're praising like, literally Tenzin. a giant bouquet of flowers yeah, yeah, and yeah. praising Tenzin, giving him a, a head shaver that was specifically <laughs> designed for him. Um, <laughs> yeah. But as all that's happening, this is where we actually learn about Bumi and Kaya a little bit. Oh well, yeah, because um, you know, Bumi's like, hey, give us some help with this, and one of the random monks is like, oh. Um, I thought you were the servants. And they're like, hey, we're Aang's kids too. 
The servant's like, wait, you're airbenders? And Kaya's like, uh, no, we're not. <laughs> yeah. Kaya's so, like, I'm a waterbender. My brother's not a bender. Yeah. It, it, yeah and that, that's where we learned that, yeah, Kaya and uh, Boomy are not airbenders. Where Kaya, like you just said, is water. Yeah. And Boomy doesn't bend at all. Yeah. And they're like, oh, I'm so sorry for you. And I was just like, ooh, damn. <laughs> <laughs> right? He's like, ooh, burn. <laughs> that hurts. They are so rude to them. It's like, oh, that's really unfortunate. <laughs> yeah. So now we cut back to, uh, you know, the actual expedition to the South mm-hmm. Pole, where Tonrock's, like, insisting that he goes, not only for Cora's well-being... Oh, yeah, the, her dad, yeah, shows up with on a yeah. snowmobile. <laughs> yeah, yeah, on a snowmobile. Yeah, that goes to tell you what they have in this technolo- technological age. Yeah. Um, but he also warns about the South Pole and something called the Everstorm. Yeah, really, really cool name, stealing that for some kind of campaign. <laughs> yeah, might as well. I mean, it is a really cool name. Yeah, yeah. It pretty pretty the... much, yeah, pretty much the way they describe it, it's like a never-ending blizzard. Yep, and it has blocked the southern water, southern pole for decades. Right. Now, that and... movie was like, was that around when Aang was uh, growing up? Um, I assume not. Well, we don't know. Yeah, they never, but well, they we're never gonna, we're gonna, we're, at this point, we have to assume that it's always been there. Yeah. Um, well, at least... Then there's this right here, mm-hmm. um, where, um, you know, U- Unalak is like, okay, fine, whatever. And he mentions very vaguely that something happened in the past between Unalak and Tonrock. Oh, yeah. And they don't they don't go into it. They don't mm-hmm. go into it at this time. And, of course, Bolin's got this awesome, very, yeah. uh, very, very approved... High-tech uh, suit. High-tech like, high suit. Uh, yes, polar suit with uh, awesome snowmobile... And, uh... Cucumber quats? <laughs> yes, uh, that's right, dehydrated cumber, cucumber quats. Yeah, like that, that because, sounds like a Because be the good. animals aren't the only hybrids. I know, that's a gravelly... That, that might be good, not dry, because I hate dried food. I had a horrible experience Oh, you don't, you don't with, like, like, freeze-dried or anything? I had a horrible experience as a kid with some freeze-dried ice cream. Oh, it was no. awful and disgusting. <laughs> like, oh, almost, no. It was the worst thing I've ever tasted in my life. Um, <laughs> but, and then, of course, as all of this happens, Bolin is having more girlfriend troubles. No, I would say troubles. That's because great. <laughs> okay, look. You can look in the eyes of es- of uh, es- Eska. I'll look in the eyes of Bolin. <laughs> he had girlfriend troubles. Um, and of course, uh, Unalak and uh, Unalak starts telling Korra what exactly she's doing and how she needs to open up the spirit portal in the South Pole. Um, and be- and you know, Korra's like, "Oh, this is why they're the spirits are evil." Whoa. This is when we get to Unalak saying, "No, no, no. Spirits are never evil. There's just." Some light and some dark in every single one. Yep. When there's unbalance with spirits, darkness takes hold. Yep, and they're just distressed. Yeah, exactly. Um, and, of course... But then that made me think about, like, in relation to, like, actual bad spirits <laughs> like Ko and his mother. <laughs> oh, yeah. She's kind of neutral, but Ko's, but, uh, Ko's Ko- definitively bad. <laughs> oh, only because he wants to. Yeah, yes. I guess so. Wait, yeah, yeah, but Ko's mother is literally, like... If there's ever pure neutral, Ko's <laughs> mother is that. Um, but then, of course, um, talking about this whole sealing of the the spirit portal and all that stuff, he also Unalak also mentions that this has to happen before the winter solstice ends. Oh yeah, ends. we got our ticking clock. <laughs> oh, and spe- oh no no no, that's that's not the ticking clock. The ticking clock is when Korra mentions that's tomorrow night. Yeah, <laughs> there's our ticking clock. Of course. Um. So you know they set up a. Yeah, they, they uh, set up, you know, camp and all that stuff and have a nice little bonfire. Not really, mm-hmm. because Unalak's like, oh, the spirits are mad because Tonrock is here. I was going to say, before we see more spirits following them, uh, 
before we before they settle in for the just following, night. but yeah, just following. Yeah. You see him in the distance, and then yeah, then we settle down for the night, and then we talk about yeah, yeah, and that, blames Tan Rock. Yep, and uh, this is where we finally get the backstory between what went on because even Cora's like, "What happened, Dad?" Mm-hmm. And of course, Tan, uh, Tan Rock's just like, "Oh, he says he was banished." Yeah, he says he was banished, yep. and then we he gets he tells a story how he was the head of like the guard. And barbarians attacked this, the North oh, Pole. Also, uh, twenty years ago. This twenty. Took place. Yeah, thank you. Mm-hmm. Twenty years ago. That is important. Oh yeah. Um, Rock was head of like the guard. The general. Yep. And uh, barbarians were attacking. So, in normal fashion, they beat the barbarians back to a forest. Tonrock, <laughs> Tonrock being Tonrock, went to go and capture the barbarians so he yeah. followed them into the forest yeah i was gonna say like in my notes i was just like a forest in the arctic what the hell <laughs> that is i immediately true. was like what the hell is that but but wait oh yeah there, yeah it gets explained um, but it's, i was like what the what the heck yeah i, I agree when i saw it I when, like, when, I, fir- when yeah. I first saw the forest i'm just like i paused my i paused is... in one of my notes like like with four exclamation marks i'm just like a forest in the arctic <laughs> yeah i mean but i agree wholeheartedly like when I first saw it, I'm just like, how is there a forest in literally sub-zero temperatures? <laughs> Which is what we find out mm-hmm. after um, after Tonrock captures the barbarians and a lot of the forest was destroyed. He learned then and there that it was a spirit forest, yep, hollowed ground. Ho- yep, hollowed. Yeah, that is the word, hollowed ground, as they called it. And of course, the spirits were mad and started attacking the North Pole. Mm-hmm. And God say, God save the queen. Here comes the <laughs> here comes the savior of the entire world, Unalak. Yep. To pacify the spirits and everything. Mm-hmm. But since the damage was already done both to the forest and to the actual North Pole, he got Tonrock got banished. Yep. And so Tonrock went to the South Pole to start a new life. Mm-hmm. And of course, what's his reason for not telling Cora? Say it with me, kids. He wanted to protect her from the truth. Yep, and also we find out that he would have been chief. Oh, yeah, yep, Bolin makes that comment. Oh, you were going to be the chief, but then this happened, and then Unalak became the yep. chief. So, uh, no wonder you guys don't like each other, because Bolin is beautiful at reading the room. <laughs> yep, and we're just like, God damn it, Bolin again. <laughs> <laughs> and, of course, Korra gets upset. What? Korra gets upset? <laughs> <laughs> but, wait, but this time, at her dad. Oh, yeah, yeah. Not the, one person, the one person nobody ever thinks that she would ever be mad at. She's been mad at him already. <laughs> the last episode. Oh, okay. <laughs> we know, we know, but still. Um... And of course, you know, she's she's not happy about secrets and all that and knowing what's best for her and blah, 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 and she storms off. Mm-hmm. But we go back to Vacation Tenzin. Hell yes, yeah. I'm putting a trademark on that because that's what it's called. <laughs> it's great. Um, Jenora and Tenzin are in the statue room. Yep, the one that Aang went to as a kid. When exactly, he to the yep. Waters. Only yeah. the, the difference is, obviously, is there's an Aang statue there now. Yeah, a very nice Aang statue. Also, I was going to say... um. Milo zipping around. Uh, he bumps into a statue exactly like Aang in the intro to the season of the series. Yep, yep. It was great. <laughs> and of course, Tenzin's like, no, don't, don't. Um, and uh, of course, Jinora is, star- is in awe at Aang's statue. Oh, yeah. But for some reason, just gets this weird vibe. It's not actually stated she gets a weird vibe, but... With, like, with, like, like, yeah, with, connects yeah. to it somehow. She connects yeah, to it somehow connects and like, it, like, she has like this like gasp moment and like looks behind her in like... Kind of fear, I guess. Yeah, she's like, like surprised. Oh, yeah. In surprise. There we go. In surprise. And 
then, really, after that, we go right back to the South Pole, oh, yeah. where Tonrock's like, look, you can be mad at me, Korra, and Korra just ignores. Yeah, she's like, Tonrock's Ton like, come on, we gotta stop, he, tries to, he wants to stop, like, doing this, because he's dangerous to go to the polar storm still. Right, yeah. And Unalak's like, no. <laughs> and Unalak's just like, no. And, uh, of course, uh, Unalak tells Korra that he, she is the bridge between man and spirit. Yep. Um, and this is where we, uh, men- this is where he mentions that, um, he's like, you know, the Northern Lights, right? Yeah. Well, that's the spirits dancing and being happy. The South used to have that too. As you can see, they're not as spiritual. So therefore... Oh, also he says the uh, 100 Years War tossed the South out of balance. Yes. That, that, is, important. that is a very important I was going to say, they were, were they really affected that much by it? Oh, I guess everyone left. I mean, well, that and, you know... Ozai never exactly did anything kind. Yeah, but I was also going to say that like, they lost like a lot of their tribesmen and all their waterbenders when the when the war started. Mm-hmm. Yes, so, they like, did. That's a core. Or Katara was there by herself and everything. Right, right, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that that is a good mention because every the South did have the lights and everything, but the Hundred Year War happened and now everything has fallen out of balance. Mm-hmm. The North has come to help them physically. But not spiritually yet. Mm-hmm. And that's where Korra comes in. Yep, and this is when we finally see the Everstorm and uh, hear some spirits roaring. Oh, <laughs> yes. And speaking of which, as they're in the Everstorm, spirits actually attack and not just, they don't beat the crap out of anyone. They just take their provisions and yeah. leave. Mm-hmm. And Korra tries to do the taming thing that Unalak did, but and it, it fails, it, it of course. It fails, but the fact that she got that close. And that was her first time doing it is actually pretty cool to know. Oh, yeah, it's very But, of course, Unalak is like, yeah, look at me, yeah. I can do the he thing. He stops them very easily. And then uh, Eska and Desna. <laughs> <laughs> they say, they say bullet. Yeah, from, uh, <laughs> oh, yeah that's right, because one of the spirits gets into the uh, snowmobile. Yeah, they uh, they uh, ski down the slope really freaking coolly. <laughs> like, with like those awesome ice boots. That yeah, they there's created. like literally like snow like, like and, skiing or sl- like snow sliding. And of course, Bolin really awesome... inflates because yeah. his polar suit can do that. Yeah, and they just like like uh, Eska like flicks her hand like giant spikes. Like, and the can really someone awesome. deflate me? Boom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, that was great. After all that happens, Tonrock once again is like, hey. This is dangerous. We need to leave. And Korra just finally puts her foot down again. Mm-hmm. And because we all know what happened last time she did this. Mm-hmm. And she's like, no, Dad. I think you need to leave. Yep, she kicks her dad out and he goes with the... Just leaves him behind with his cool snowmobile. And of course, Mako assures him, you know, uh, everything's going to be fine. Which, as they're... Wa- Wait, is that that? Is that now? Uh, Korra was like really mean to Mako after like she sends her dad away, I believe. Well, I don't think that happens yet, but, um, yeah, but anyway, um, yeah, she, she, like, makes a comment about, like, oh, I wonder whose side you're on, and Mako, being the rational person, is like, there are no sides, we just want to help. Yeah. And she <laughs> actually kind of calms a little bit about that. Yeah, it's like, that. yeah, you're right, I'm being a jerk a bit. But... Cut once again to Vacation Tenzin. Well, I was going to say, before that, we see, um, after she's angry at Mako, we see that, I, I don't know if it's Mako or if it's, um... Uh, Unalak that tells her that she needs to trust herself and the past avatars to succeed in the um, frozen It's forest. Unalak because yeah. Korra's like, wow, I, d- I didn't know people, I- I've never seen anyone actually believe in me kind of thing. Yeah, and she's like, yeah, believe in yourself, believe in the past avatars, and you will succeed in the frozen forest she needs to enter to go forward. Right. Then we cut to vacation. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. And, no, no, no. <laughs> we see two snake spirits uh, attack her and she escapes Not yet. from the spirit portal. I, first, I have all that before, Jamal. I was going to say, first, first 
it cuts. It, it, this is one of those ones where it like does a cut and then a cut and then a cut thing. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. first it cuts to uh, uh, Vacation Tenzin where Jinora wakes yep. up, goes to the statue room, and sees a different statue. Yep. One actually, first off, made of wood. Yeah. Secondly, one. secondly, it's more different because it's not just a person standing there. It's like a person standing with, I'm going to assume as a mask because there's no actual facial features and a hood. And, like, two spiraling things yep. up and around. That's going to be important. <laughs> um, no, that couldn't Yeah, you're right. Be. Ignore that. Don't, don't remember um, that at all. But, it, which, to me, I'm very curious about that still, but... You should be questioning But I digress. Like, like I always say, imagine watching Aura, this week to week like everyone else was. Like, everyone's like, oh, theory crafting. Oh, well, what is this? What could it mean? Right, <laughs> like, right. Everyone's um, going crazy on it. But then we get to Korra actually in the forest. Yeah, so and she finds with her fighting those she snake find, spirits. Yeah, she finds the actual center. Mm-hmm. And that's when the snake spirits, um, at, at the, they had attacked her as she went to the center. Now they literally converge and become one giant evil snake thing. Mm-hmm. And they literally just try to grab her and pull her away. She avatar states and barely touches. Yeah, very, very cool. for just spirit minute, gates, spirit gates open. The... Uh, like the entire southern po- south pole, the southern pole, the, the entire south pole has the lights, like the uh, like the northern lights, and it cuts very briefly to Jinora looking at that statue, and the statue starts glowing yep. as well, which again, I need to know this. <laughs> I need to know what's going on. Oh, um, and then of course, as uh, it, it cuts to Korra's dad, like you know, driving away, and then he actually looks back, stops and looks back, and sees the lights, and he's just like. I'm proud of her. Yeah, oh, she did it. That's good. And then, of course, you know, Bolin's like, look, Korra's coming out. Yay! Gives her a friend hug, which Eska makes a giant ice wall and is like, <laughs> yeah, why out. are you partaking in physical contact with another woman? <laughs> yeah, and he gets like, and she's like, ah. Is this your first guy you're a little nervous about, Eska? <laughs> and of course, and of course, Unalak's like, you did it. You saved the South Pole. Well, yeah. you took the first step in it. Yeah. And in saving the world. And Cora and Mako make up, which yeah, I was, yeah, I was yeah. happy about that. And yeah, they do a lot of good work to make you on the side of this ship at the time. Right. <laughs> at the time. Oh, yeah. um, well, I'll say before, like, they're really fighting all the time. But yeah. <laughs> right. And then they we just cut to them actually getting back, right to this, back to the back town. To this, yeah, the town where northern ships are, you know, are starting to go into port. And all these northern troops are, like, storming in like they own the place. Yep. Suddenly fleets of northern tribes approach the southern. And, and of course, Korra's like, Korra's like, what's going on? And we get the final, and we get the final note from uh, Unalak, where he's like, "You helped them. You helped uh, open the spirit gate. That now you you've taken the first steps in helping the north and the south unify." And then we end. <laughs> yep, that's how the episode ends. Uh, yeah, now this is what I was going to bring up: the spirits designs of these spirits. Yes, they're very weird, like translucent, liquidy-looking, dark weirdness. Yeah. I really like the aesthetic of it, but I was like, yeah, look, like, these spirits do look very different from the ones we've seen come into the Earth realm before. The Earth realm? The Earth realm, like in Mortal Kombat. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I just call it the physical plane. Yeah, the physical plane. Um, but, like, what, yeah, because like... Besides when, the panda Yeah, and... like, when, when Aang dealt with spirits, they actually looked like, like what we would think spirits are. Glowing things, like... There was, like, the translucent glowing panda that 
at first did look like a weird say, yeah, creature. He said, yeah, it was like a weird, lanky monster. That's but it didn't look all gooey and stuff. It had like it looked like it was solid. It actually had looked like it, like, it was yeah, panda. It didn't yeah. also like disappear and reappear. I think it, like, it teleported yeah, it, yeah, a little it bit. Yeah, it could, and it shot like beams out of its yeah, yeah, uh, a mouth. lot of weird stuff. But and then of course, like you know, just all the other spirits. The, the, are, the elephant, the uh, two koi. I forgot what they were. Yeah, the, they, the, yeah, moon the koi, the, the moon and sky one. Yeah, yeah. Like, the, you mean the the moon and night, uh, the moon and mm. stars? Yeah, I was trying to remember what the, the other one. Was yeah, called. It, it was two like lunar kind of things. Yeah, and, and, you know they were just regular koi fish and stuff. But they were like powerful spirits. Was oh. it the moon spirits? It was the moon. It was the moon spirit and the some other spirit. But yeah, they were both. Uh, they they were both the main like water tribe, like keeping everything that's lunar in balance. Yeah, I was gonna say like also this brings up the point of um, what Unalak's actually doing with the spirits. He seems to be doing it through waterbending. And this is like... Yeah, see, that's why when he did the mo- motions, it looked like it was... Oh, like, he was waterbending, but he was like... It was like weird water spirit bending. This is what uh, Ed was frustrating from bringing up when we were having our discussion of uh, like how the, different, how the different forms competing against each other and stuff like that. One of the things he brought up is that, like, yeah, it's like a weird spirit kind of thing that waterbenders seem to be able to do. Because, like, also like with the elephant koi that they healed, and, like, with the... Um, uh, UA's hair in the episode two, and like a weird thing with the connection between the waterbending and spiritual powers, also their healing ability and stuff like that. Hmm. That waterbenders do have like a lot of weird magic stuff that's like not associated with the other ones specifically. And I'm like, yeah, you're right. Well, the, yeah, it's like it's a very peculiar thing. We they expand on it a little bit more later, but like, yeah, it's a very weird thing. And it seems to be waterbending exclusive because I'm like, yeah, maybe you could earthbend or firebend or airbend spiritually, but you don't really see that very often. Yeah, honestly, because I think water is more spiritual, where like fire is more passion, Mine and more destruction. Earth, well, 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 it's more passion and stuff. Because yes, it is a very destructive force, but mm-hmm. it's more coming from like your passion and. You're breathing and stuff. Where earthbenders, earthbenders are literally the only people who can keep their feet on the ground. <laughs> but um, and of course, airbenders are all freedom and stuff like I'll that. I'll say yeah, but like I was gonna say, earthbending. I'll argue with anybody soon to see that it's the most destructive and the most creative. It is because it can create the most, but you'll see it can also be the most destructive. I agree wholeheartedly. <laughs> I mean, heck, creativity. Do we need to bring up Toph again? <laughs> yeah, and, and I'm gonna say, I was gonna say um. Uh, what was Boomy's, the original Boomy's city? Um, Bossing Se. Not Bossing Se. Bossing Se was the second one. No, level Omashu, the sorry. Omashu. This is Omashu. Like how the whole town was like run on earthbending with all the stuff being delivered. And then later, oh, yeah. Bossing Se, they have trams and they have like huge, like all kinds of infrastructure running on earthbending explicitly and the entire penetrable wall. Right, right. Yeah. Like that. yeah. It was like, yeah, there's tons of really cool stuff with that. But like, yeah, the waterbending does have weird spirit magic as well as their water and ice and blood. Ah. <laughs> uh. Now, yeah, speaking of waterbenders, let's keep going with this yeah, season. So might, far, as well, might as well, because... Also, yeah. I'm loving how much time they're spending in the Southern Water Tribe. You know, I actually was happy about that, too, because in the in the past, you got some. It you was didn't the first much. episode and the last episode yeah, of you, season you got, one. Exactly. You got some, you didn't get a lot. In this one, we're actually focusing on it. Yeah, staying with them, seeing their infrastructure and their cities and buildings. And speaking of focusing on it, oh, yeah. um, we're going to get deep with this one because episode three is our first two-parter. Yep. Episode three Civil of this Wars. is Civil Wars, part one. Yep. What, what happened last time, guy? <laughs> well, the last time guy brings up that... Korra reopened the spirit portal in the South Pole. Mm-hmm. Yay! But now, ten- and of course, that tensions are high between her and her dad. Oh, yeah. Um, and of course, now, now that she knows the truth. But now, northern ships are appearing in the southern water tribe. 
what other plans does Unalak have for the Avatar? Yeah, we see that citizens are very unhappy with the arrival of the Northern Navy. Yeah, like I <laughs> like I like I said like I said in the last in the last uh, episode we talked about, literally Northern ships come in and troops come in like they own the place. Yeah, like even like you know stand aside, go home. We are in control now, and uh, they even are setting up like ice wall blockades. Yep. They're sealing the ocean docks, yep. and they're detaining people, I believe. And of course. Cora is, you know, concerned about this. Well, so she's like, what's going on? And Unalak ultimately is like, yes, we opened the spirit portal, but now we need to make sure that no one harms it like they did in the Hundred Years' War. Yeah, kind of he thing. says it's to protect the spirits from people that want to do harm to them. And of course, at this point, Unalak mentions that the North Pole portal <laughs> needs to be opened. Hush up, you. Hold um, a second. <laughs> yeah, well, he brings up that the that the southern that the southern that the northern sorry not the southern the northern <laughs> portal needs to open. Which I have questions about this, but I'm gonna wait until after this episode to ask these questions. Oh yeah, he says uh, he wants to open the portal because there was a path that connected to them inside that connected the two paths in seconds. Yes, yep. um, and he wants her to open it. Correct. Which will unite the world. <laughs> um. Yep. And of course. Cora's okay with this because, well, she trusts her uncle. Mm -hmm. Um, and of course we cut to Vacation Tenzin. Yep, I was gonna say we get some classic D. Bradley Baker lemurs. He did the voice of uh, Appa and Momo back in the past. Yeah, I keep forgetting that people actually voice animals. Uh, D. Bradley Baker does like every animal in every show you've ever watched. He's a great dude. Was he the one who did, uh, um, Hey Hey as well? Uh, possibly, but also I know he also did, um, last season he was the... Uh, long hair villain politician dude. Oh, oh, um, um, yeah, I know who you're talking about. Yeah, I'm about to say, not Noah Talk or Tarlock. Tar Noah Tar 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 Tarlock, Tarlock, yeah, Tarlock's the one. Yeah, he was Tarlock's voice actor, but he's been in Avatar since, like, yeah, the beginning of it. But, yeah. Right, um, but we digress, because back at Vacation Tenzin, mm -hmm. it's finally Vacation Tenzin. Oh, yeah. Tenzin's relaxing, Kaya's feeding the lemur monkeys, um, and, of course, even Tenzin's like, ah, I've never felt any more at peace. Boomy walks in in nothing but a robe and his boxers <laughs> and it's over. <laughs> <laughs> yep, uh, and of course, Boomer. Boomy's just like, yeah! <laughs> Hello, world! Let's do things! And of course, Kaya's like, um, close, please? <laughs> and, of you know, uh, Tenzin brings back all those childhood memories they had of yep. going with Dad on vacations. And Boomy and Kaya are like, what are you talking about? We never did any of this stuff. You did. Yep. And of course, and of course, um, Tenzin's just like, I could have sworn, kind of thing. But um, Jinora and Milo appear, and they're just like, yeah, how's it going? Good morning. And Mom knows that uh, Pema notices that Iki's not with them. Yep. I was gonna say before that they meant they name dropped Kyoshi Island and Ember Island. Oh, that's right, because the elephant koi in Kyoshi Island. Yep. Um, and where then, where apparently they 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 surfed the. Uh, Elephant koi, but no, only Tenzin did. Yep. And then they went to Ember Island with the nice beaches where they made a lot of sandcastles. And Boomy's like, um, you mean that you made? Yeah, I know. Apparently it's like, yeah, Aang neglected his two other non-airbending kids, which is very, like, oh, that's upsetting. <laughs> well, his not his non-airbending Yeah, non-airbending kids. But he still should have spent more time with them because, like, yeah, they spent more time with Korra, or Katara, who's great. But still, it's like, right, right. yeah, oh, come on, Aang, you dumb-dumb, you screwed up again. Also, we, um, Milo asks Boomy if his gun has a baby in it. <laughs> yes, I love that. Like, is Classic there a baby? You and everyone, you know. <laughs> and that's when Pem was like, where's Iki? And of course, they deny who Iki is. Yeah, And then, 
And then, of course, Milo tells him about a story about how about lemur about lemurs, and but the buffalo said it was okay. And then they got attacked by a squid shark, which makes Boomy go, "Oh no, yeah. my my arch enemy!" Yeah, the old squid shark nemesis of Boomy's apparently. <laughs> yep. And then, of course, um, uh, Pema like gives them the nth degree, mm-hmm. and we find out that they were teasing Iki, and Iki ran away. Yep, and so all of Aang's kids decide to get together and help try to find Iki. Yes. And, you know, because... And, of course, you can't forget, when they get back with Iki, they're going to make a plan to get rid of that squid shark once and for all. <laughs> yep. Um, but after all that, we go back to the south. Back to the south, mm-hmm. which is funny because we're going from the south to the south. Yeah, they were um, southern... Yeah, they're, they're, they're. <laughs> um, We go back to the south pole area where... In Cora's parents' house, yep. a bunch of the Southerners are upset because of what the North's doing. Yep, specifically Varric. Uh, well, <laughs> most yeah. most vocally, yep. Varric. Varric is very because yeah, Varric, Varric is like uh, telling them, you know, we need independence. We need to make sure that we actually are not a part of the North, even though we can maybe get together, kind of thing. Yeah, Cora's like, look, he's just trying to help, kind of thing. I was gonna say also, Tom Rock's being more civil with the group as opposed to Varric, who's like trying to rile everyone. Oh up. yeah, yeah, yeah. Varric is like, like you know, let's chill, let's chill. And of course, Tom Rock's like, mm. yep. Um, you know, Cora, Cora's like, but we can't start a war. I mean, all he's trying to do is help unify everyone. So Tom Rock's like, look, Cora, he'll listen to the Avatar. Maybe you can just. Tell him that we just are concerned about this. Cora is kind of huffy because she's still upset at her dad. I'll do it for the tribe, not for you. <laughs> yep. Uh, is this when we see Eska and Desna rickshawing Bolin? <laughs> uh, yep. And we it finally see the car puller. Yeah, we uh, finally see their weird laugh. It sounds like as if a goat were trying to bleep, but it didn't work. I love it. They're great. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that was the first moment. With Eska and Desna, where I literally just went, Whoa. yeah, they're weird because that I love just them. that <laughs> laugh. Oh, you thought nails on a chalkboard viewers was a bad sound? Just listen to these two laugh for a few <laughs> seconds. Um, we also see that uh, Eska has plans on taking Bull into the North. With yes, her. because mm-hmm. he's like, oh, because you know they're talking about how they're gonna miss this place. And, of course, Eska's not being serious about that. But Bolin's <laughs> like, yeah, it's going to be a real shame. And Eska's like, but you're coming with the no- with me to the north. And we're going to live our lives through icy- in-, in the rest of icy bliss. <laughs> and yep. then, of course, Mako appears as Eska and Desna are doing their thing. And Bolin just is like, please help me. I need out. And Mako, nonchalantly, is just like, just break up with her. Oh, Guys yeah. do that all the time. <laughs> yeah, Mako, <laughs> you fucking do. <laughs> yeah, well, and he also, because yep. this is important. One of the worst things. <laughs> is like, you know, breaking up with a girl is like having a leech on your uh, on your elbow. You just gotta yank it and get it over with. And <laughs> of course... Like, Jesus Christ, Mako. <laughs> and one of my favorite Bolin lines is, Oh, oh, that's oh, that's wonderful. It's a good thing you're good at breaking women's hearts. <laughs> or a better watch out. <laughs> I'm yeah. just like... Foreshadowing? <laughs> uh, Mako's a jerk with that. That was hilarious. So, like, yeah, Mako's not a good dude either, sometimes. But now, back in Unalak's lair, I mean, yep. um, back in wherever Unalak is sitting, <laughs> um, Korra, you know, comes in and voices the concerns of the South. Yep, leads that this might cause a war if you also me- people Also like mentions this. that Varric and uh, Tonrock were, le- like, were talking in their place, started talking about how things are negative. 
That's important, kids. Yep, he also says that if there was a war, this would only fuel dark spirits. And yes. it would be a bad thing for the community. <laughs> and of course, Unalak is like, uh, this is something that you have to do. You have to bring peace and balance. You, you, you. Yeah, you have to but, stay neutral. <laughs> well, yeah, that, that's also the important thing. She has, she has to stay neutral. neutral which because, like, we know, because we know Aang did that. Yeah, right. Um, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> um, but then uh, Unalak is like, but I can make you happy because I have faith in you. And apparently that is the only thing that Korra needs to hear in order to be like, yay, I believe everything Yeah, she needs affirmation, I guess, (laughs) because she's such a hardhead dum-dum. So, we cut to some random, like, alleyway or something, some street, where um, the North north and the South are having a bit of a spat, you know? It's just like, oh, oh, you kids throwing snowballs at us northern troops, how dare you? Oh, yeah? Well, maybe, maybe you can pick on someone your own size. And, of course... Yeah, some rebels are attacking some northerners after they... Well, they're, they're about to. Yeah, right? after like some uh, kids get in a fight with them. <laughs> right. It, it, the tensions are really high. And, of course, Korra comes in and he's like, Guys, you both are of the same tribe. Start acting like it. And she, it happens again where people are like, You're supposed to be on our side. You're the worst avatar. Yeah, it happens like, again. Yeah, that's a whole huge, thing, like, huge joke about and, <laughs> Korra. But the kids say, You're the worst avatar ever. Right? <laughs> it's, it's like, oh. And then, of course... Tensions are super, super high. You could literally cut them with a knife. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, Tonrock appears. And he's like, hey, it ain't worth it. Let's stop. And everyone listens. Even the Northerners, reluctantly, but they still listen. Uh-huh. Korra just walks away from this. Korra's like, F you, Dad. And says, like, just leave him again, of course. So now, we, after this, we go back to Vacation Tenzin, mm-hmm. where Boomy and Kaya... And Tenzin are very failing at finding Iki. Yep, Tenzin continues to search, and we get more unfair home life stories of uh, Aang favoring Tenzin. Right, because, I mean, Tenzin's like, oh, this is my fault that she ran away. And Kaya's like, um, yeah, you were in the council for so long that you forgot you had a family. And Tenzin's like, yeah, I wanted to be more like Dad, but... And Kaya's just like, but that's the problem. You are like Dad. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And, of course... Uh, Tenzin is um, trying to defend, uh, you know, Aang by yeah. saying he was under a lot of pressure and stuff. But and of course, Boomy's like, "Oh, but he always had time for his little Airbender." Yep. And then he's like, "I don't have time for this." And then I love the line from Kai of like, "Oh, classic Airbender technique: cutting and running when things get tough." Not just like, "Oof." <laughs> yeah, I know, right? I'm that like, is, "That is very I, relevant to Aang, though." <laughs> dude, she's a waterbender, and yet she can burn. <laughs> that um, was a great line. I was like, oh, oh, it was. It was great. Really, um. But back at the South, uh, at the South tribe, um, Korra gets a summoning from her mom, and because we know this because she walks into the her parents' house and she's like, "Oh, did Dad want you to talk to me?" And she, <laughs> my, and and her mom's like, "Look, he has no idea I'm here. Look, what's going on? I hate seeing this family being torn apart, Korra." Yeah, and then Korra still once again blows him off regarding the situation. <laughs> right, and actually brings up the fact that not only was you know it him and Tenzin that separated her and secluded her, but she mentions the banishing, and her mom's just like, oh, "Secrets out, I guess." Mm-hmm. And then Korra gets mad at her. But, you know, getting mad, like, oh, you're keeping secrets, too. At least Unlock trusts me. Korra's mom's like, no, I wouldn't say that. And she also mentions that, you know... Oh, is this the scene with Korra's mom yet? Because I thought that was yeah, it is. a little bit later when she... No, after after uh, after the whole uh, Tenzin and the whole, like, arguing, it goes straight to this scene. Okay. Um, 
Wait, no, there's a different scene with, with uh, Bumi, Kaya, and Tenzin arguing because like there's a double date with uh, with uh, Bolin, Eskadesna, and uh, Korra Oh, shit. Did I miss that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a couple of... Yeah. No, no, you're right, you're right. I, I skipped. Yeah, there's a double date with... Right, 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 right. <laughs> Rewind because she gets, she gets back and she voices her uh, concern about what happened and Mako's like... Look, do I need to just listen to you, or do I need to give you my my uh, opinions? I'm still new at this. Mm-hmm. And, of course, you know, Cora kind of relaxes, and she's, like, talking about just how stressful it is. And Mako's like, yeah, um, maybe you and I, you and I can just have dinner together, you know, just us. Cora's happy! And then we yep. find out that it's actually <laughs> with five people. Yeah, it was a double date plus one with uh, Bolin, Eska, and Desna. <laughs> and of course, when... Also, they named up another animal, Dolphin Piranhas. <laughs> I was just like, Ooh. Oh, getting there. Oh, because, yeah. because um, you know, um, Eska and Desna are just like, we must get more sustenance. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then, of course, Bolin's like, you gotta help me. Mako, what happened? He's like, and Mako's like, I thought you were ripping off the leech. He's like, every time I brought it up, Eska would talk about how she would freeze me and then try to feed me to... Dolphin piranhas. <laughs> Dolphin piranhas. And of course, Mako's like, so you tugged at it. He's like, and I tugged and I tugged and I can't get it off. Yeah. <laughs> why Why didn't you, uh, why didn't I know that this was how they were going to be? Cora's like... Because I thought it was obvious. <laughs> and then we learned something about Bolin that everyone knew about. Mm-hmm. He's very bad at reading people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That was a great line. Then we go back to yep. Vacation Tenzin again. Yep. Boomy telling stories about yep. Bossing Mountain about Rescue. and uh, Three typhoons and how he carried 12 people on his <laughs> back. And of course, Tenzin's just like, okay, first off, this isn't going to help us find Iki. And he's like, oh, well, this was supposed to inspire you. Oh, but I guess you can't do that yep. since Korra left you. Yeah, I love how he schools him on Korra uh, firing him was great. <laughs> yeah, but then of course, uh, but then of course, you know, as they're arguing, Kaya's like, "Guys, shut up! I found footprints." Yep. Uh, they uh, they lead down to the bottom of the waterfall. Yeah, I the bottom of the there's a path leading down to yep. the bottom of the waterfall. But Boomy is like, "Hey, look at me! I can jump on rocks." Yeah, he's like trying to climb down, and they're and like, Akai, "Okay." He's like, "Come on, guys! This is gonna be fifty times faster." Tenzin and Kaya roll their eyes. Kaya like water bent her way down, <laughs> yeah. and uh, Tenzin air bends his way down, and just like, "Come on, Boomy, you're right. It was faster." <laughs> yeah. and of course, Boomy's upset because Tenzin's the funny guy now. Well, they just like, like, "Hey, we down. can we can help you if you want." Rah, I can do it myself, and then falls down <laughs> yeah, and hurts falls. himself. <laughs> falls right into the ocean. Uh, because hilarious. because as Kaya said. Um, it's pitch black and the rocks are slippery. Yeah. Because that was a smart idea. Yep. Uh, this is when we see Cora's mom trying this to is when to be kinder to her father. Yep. Yeah. This. Forgive me. Sometimes I kind of glance at my notes. Yeah, I and, lose the place all the time. I do. Yeah. Um, <laughs> then Cora goes over and says, "Like, oh, you know, Dad's blah blah blah. This and this." And that's when uh, do we? Oh, Senna is her name. That's right. The mom? Yeah. I, I I almost forgot what her name was. And Senna's just like, yeah, so uh, you know the truth now. Cora's like, oh, looks like nobody trusts me except for Unalak. And her mom's like, no, don't jump don't jump the gun here. No. Um, however, um, you, you, you think you have to bring peace, but all of this has happened well before you were born. Yeah. I mean, we're not saying that you can do this in one day, but this might just be out of your control. And Cora... Uh, and Cora is just like huffy puffy whatever, and of course, uh, Senna decides to bring up the bring up the re- the rebellion and stuff like that. Yep. And Cora instantly, instantly assumes that her dad's a part of it. Yep. 
And then goes to Unalak. Yeah, she tells of Varric's plotting a rebellion and Tonrock, or she assumes Tonrock's helping. It's really like, oh, it's well, really, her mom says there. that she doesn't know and yeah. she hope and she hopes that it's not true. Korra's just like, rebellion plus dad, he's a part of it. Mm-hmm. And Korra goes to stop the rebels, but they, uh... And, and, and does, and... They, well, when she finds them, they already have Udalak, like, wrapped up in a sack. Right, well, right. But then she, like, goes to stop them, and her dad in a mask. Yeah, she sees one of them, and like, that's my dad. And she goes to find dad. him. Um, yep. And then, of course, after all that, they, um... She actually stops them, and she reveals the masked man is not her dad. Obviously, none of the none of these. before that we see uh, she t- keeps telling them like come on everybody we're part of the same tribe and the south is just like no you're yeah. wrong not agreeing and then we see her take down all five of the waterbenders you know, by herself right and then she unmasks the big dude thinking it's her father only and it wasn't it's not yep yeah and none of the assailants were her dad yep and of course Unalak is Unalak wakes up after being knocked out yep and, and the they all get arrested and he's just like put them all in prison and yeah. Cora's like dude no we gotta hey, we, we we gotta do this differently. Oh, do you want them to be free? No, but give them a trial. Yep. Give give them a trial because that's what they deserve. It's going to be fair. And direct quote: "All right, I will honor the wishes of the Avatar." <laughs> mm, yeah, let's say he wants them to freeze in prison. I was like, "Oh, they have ice prison? That's pretty crazy." <laughs> well, dude, it's. It's a prison in the south. Yeah, but their buildings are like I don't even know what the hell their buildings are made of. I assume I think it's got a white rock because like well, they, no, it's kind of like the, uh, they're the not, Inuits. They're, yeah, but they're not. They're stone because like they uh, earthbend them occasionally. No, you you're right. You're right. They yeah, do. it's very confusing because they look like they're well, ice. Well, it's not. Yeah. Ju- it's literally not just ice and snow. I will say, yeah, I've seen the the show The Terror, which takes place all in the Arctic, and it's like yeah, there are huge swaths of just stone land that's like yeah, all so, around there, as opposed to just makes, the ice parts. But that yeah, makes it's sense. like yeah. It's like it's still very confusing what they're made out of, but yeah, like they freeze in prison. They want them to, and uh, after that, they oh yeah, they want Varric. Uh, well, yeah, yeah, they want Varric. Yeah, but that. then we cut back to vacation Tenzin, where Kaya is healing Boomy's injuries. Yeah, more of that crazy spirit magic of the water bender. And of course, Kaya brings up that Boomy's trying to do everything a bender can do, even though he can't. So he can't get used to it. Yeah, he says Boomy's the eldest, but he's also the least mature. <laughs> yep, and uh, yeah, that's what Tenzin brings up. And Tenzin's like, that's why I had to be the most responsible. Kaya's like, excuse you? You think you're the most responsible? Yeah. Look, when Dad died. Who was the one who moved with mom, like moved her entire life with mm-hmm. mom? And of course, Tenzin's like, "Oh, but yeah, you had to finally settle down after trying to find yourself." Mm-hmm. And everyone is just like, uh, he, he's like bringing up how I have the entire culture on my back, and blah blah blah, yada yada yada. And of course, you know, there's more like Boomy talking yeah, about special privileges. Kind of, yeah, really, just hate him for resenting him from his attitude regarding the right. And, like stuff. he he hates them because they don't understand what he had to go through. They hate him because you know he's too much like Dad. They all get angry and they go their separate ways. Yep. <laughs> well, before that, actually, Kaya brings up look. You don't have to do it alone, Tenzin. We're all his kids. Let us all carry Dad's legacy. Yeah, it's a very cool scene of them just like working out stuff. That, well, decades before the show even started, that we never got a chance to see in any comics or cartoons or shows or anything like that. And then we go back to Cora yep. going to her parents' house, seeing her mom and dad, you know, eating. And yep. you know, Cora has a very, very well-deserved 
breakdown. <laughs> yeah, she's very and, happy that Spider-Man yeah, was not involved with the Rebels. She she pretty much kind of makes amends with her dad right there and then mm-hmm. because she's just re- she she feels really really lousy with the way she treated him. She's really glad dad dad wasn't a part of it. Even her dad's just like, "Look, I didn't know how far Varric was going to go." I mean, I have my differences with my brother, but I'm not going to attack him. And it's a, it's a nice sweet little moment. And then Unalak appears with soldiers, and it's like, yep. you you two were uh, plotting against me and yep. trying to assassinate me. You're all assass- under arrest. Attempt- under arrest for attempted assassination. That's the episode. Blah. And that's when part one ends. Yep. And that was a crazy ending to that episode. <laughs> oh, my goodness. A lot happened. A lot. And, of course, uh, that time when I said, meanwhile, in Unalak's lair. Yeah. This was when I started realizing, yeah. He, my, my vibes at the beginning were true. He is a bad guy. Mm-hmm. But also, I was going to say, like, also, I love uh, Korra's fighting skills. Her able to take down all five of those waterbenders very easily. Yes. Uh, like, well, of I course. mean, then again. Well, yeah, I mean, but also, so far this season, we haven't, been, we haven't seen, like, we've only seen everyone losing to the spirits and stuff. We haven't seen Korra actually kicking butt. Right, right. It's appreciated and great. Um, but now, here is one of my earlier questions. Because the south, the south, the southern lights yep. are the spirits dancing and singing and all because the spirit portal was opened. Presumably. That, that, that's what he says. Yeah, that's what Unalak says. That's the only thing we have um, on it. And yet the northern portal is closed. And yet... The, the northern s- lights still continue? Exactly. I'm like, yeah. wait a minute. Well, I, something's I, yeah. not right here. Well, I was going to say that that business only happened 20 years ago. And also, I don't think there are things frozen and messed up as much as the ever. They don't have an ever storm up north, I don't think. Well, yeah. Because, also, I mean, that, was, that, that was the other thing they mentioned was the reason the, the lights aren't there... But the Everstorm is there because of their le- not sp- unspirituality. Yeah, it's just a lot of things like are because of that. But like, also we see that um, regarding the uh, Unalak fixed their spirit problem like the day of them messing it up, and so they never really had a problem with the spirits, just the portal being closed. But then the South has been messed up because of the war, the Hundred Year War, for the past like, well, judging by Katara's age and everything, 70, 80 years. Uh, yeah, judging by her... Yeah, that's right. She was at the tail end of the war. Yeah, because like, the Hundred Year War messed up the spirits portal for them, but then uh, ten, or not ten, and the dad's screw-up in the north was only like for like a little bit, and then Unalak fixed it. Hmm. So, yeah. I still, I, I still find There's many a, he's, holes. He's saying, like, he's saying a lot of different things are responsible for the unspiritualness of the South. But Yeah, I, that's what I'm saying. Like, he, he's not having a straight story here. Yeah. Well, I wonder if that'll be relevant in the next episode. <laughs> wait, wait, the next episode? You mean episode four? Civil Wars part two? Part two. And I don't it was probably in the, it, like, live it was probably uh, one part, like two episodes at the same time, kind of thing, because it was part one to part two. I'll just say, like my first note is the last time is very, very straightforward and very like, oh, short. Oh, there is a last time yeah, for this one. Okay, good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the, the narrator literally, like like Matt said, straight to the point. Tensions are high between the north and the south, and Unalak's truth. Once Unalak's troops enter the south, Varric's all, let's start a war. And of course, Korra, uh, Korra, and let's let's do a thing. Korra stops the the rebels from doing bad, and you know, five, and now Korra's parents are getting arrested. Will Korra be able to save her parents and prevent civil war? Bum, bum, bum. Well, you didn't have to do that. Well, who knows? <laughs> but 
Now we, we cut to literally right after Unalak's troops arrest her parents because they're literally going into the police truck. Yeah, the rivals say they, they both, the parents are getting arrested in a really cool prison truck. <laughs> right. And of course, Cora uh, is talking to Un- Unalak and be like, look, you made a mistake. And Unalak is like, hey, first off, We've got, I've got this fair guy. His name is Judge, Judge Hota. Hota. <laughs> um, he's going to be presiding the, the trial. And, all, and of course, after Korra's like, they're innocent. Um, Unalak's like, well, then we have nothing to worry about now, do we? Mm-hmm. Cut to a very fancy room with Mako, Asami, and Bolin. I'm going to say, this is the first appearance of Asami in like three episodes. <laughs> yeah, that is very true. Oh, she, she was like finally. in the first one and then like second and third one, she nope. had nothing. Yep, this is the first time back, finally. Um, and of course, uh, Sami's just like, where's Varric? We need to close this deal right now. Right, they're in fancy apartments. So you have Varric's fancy apartment is what they're in. They yeah, 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 well, yeah. right. And, and of course, Bolin's just like, hey, relax. At least Eska's not here. Cue Eska and Desna and some troops coming in. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, you know, um, she, uh, es- uh, Eska's just like, I'm not looking for you, Bolin. Not this time. <laughs> we are looking for Varric because he is going to be, he is going to be, uh, put on trial, just like um, just like my aunt and uncle. Yep. And of course, Mako's like, wait, what? Yep, Team Avatar finally hears about the big fight that happened and Korra's parents being taken. Yep, <laughs> and uh, of course, as as they leave because Varric's not around, um, Eska mistreats Wolin, or as Matt would say, treated him fairly. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, you will bow to me every time I leave. Oh, of course, my sweet. What was the animal? <laughs> I don't even know. Oh, platypus bear. Well, no, no, that's the platypus. He's hiding in. Yeah, uh, like, what did he call her? He, uh, Asami tells Bolin to stand up, and then Eska. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, and it, well, yeah, well, Eska, Eska leaves, and then of course Asami's like, "Dude, stand up for yourself." Yeah, yeah. And uh, Bolin's like, "Well, I tried, but Mako gave me bad advice." And then of course uh, Asami's like, "Dude." Just be honest. And then, mysterious, random, Varric voice from somewhere is like, nah, dude, kid. Never you're be gonna, honest. Yeah, you'd never be honest. Just literally, just hightail it out of there, man. <laughs> yeah. It's like, where are, fools. <laughs> yeah, where, where are you, Varric? I'm in a place where Unalak will never find me. Opens up a stuffed uh, platypus yep. bear. He's like, inside Ping Ping, of course. <laughs> How we looking? And of course, you know, the, 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 like the coast is clear and everything like that. And he's like, "I'm still gonna be in here." <laughs> and decides to get a someone gives him a cup of tea. Because Julie. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, Julie, Julie, Julie is in the yeah, like the cup of tea that comes up from the bottom. Yeah, like, right. It's yeah. like, oh, thank you, Julie. He's like, wait, your assistant's in there. She never leaves my side. <laughs> One of my favorite lines. He sips the tea, spits it out. Yep, I got the honey. <laughs> Sorry, sir. There's no honey in here. No, honey, we're in a bear for crying out loud. <laughs> but anyway, um, as, as that shenanigan is happening, uh, Mako's like, I'm going to check on my girlfriend. Yep, he leaves to go find her. And Varric's like, hey, uh, Bolin, I got a little something for you. And I kid you not, <laughs> right from the platypus pear's butt poops out some yuans. Yep. A very nice, very... Uh, very um funny visual. <laughs> well, no, no, no. I, I was gonna say a very um excessive amount. I was trying to think of a, oh, yeah. a, a different word for this it. This is for a bribe. Yeah, and of course, <laughs> gives it to him for bribery. And of course, Bolin's like, I'm catching, uh, I'm catching what you're putting down. <laughs> I'm sure you are, Bolin. <laughs> uh, but <laughs> but yeah. um, back then, to Tenzin. yeah, we go back to Tenzin where he's like. Uh, where are you, Iki? Where are you? And then we hear in a cave far off. We actually hear Iki. Yep. And when we when Tenzin actually goes over, we see that Iki is having family breakfast with four 
Would you say um, they're sky? Fly- yeah, I know, but would they be calves? They like they're, they're, yeah, they're bovine, so I guess cats yeah, okay. probably Yeah, correct. so, so bo- uh, for uh, flying bison... Um, oh, well, sky buffaloes. Are they called sky buffaloes? They I are they very were... distinct because Appa is a sky bison. And we right. see the, the sky buffaloes are discovered in one of the comics by Aang. When, did, I read, did I read that one? I don't know, but like the um, buffalo or the sky bison are presumably possibly extinct. Sky bison, or sky buffalo, blah, are what they use now at the air tribes to fly and stuff. Huh. It was I a, actually it was a, yeah. never knew that because they look almost about him exactly discovering the same. Them. Well, yeah, they're like slightly dark, slightly darker furred, and that's it. That's the only difference. I, I, I honestly thought that was just a, a fur distinction, kind of no, like no, a no. brown and a black. Yeah, I know they uh, call them sky bison. They, okay. they refer to a different as a different species. Well, then they're sky <laughs> buffalo. Yep. And um, but anyway, and she's having course, a tea party. Uh, well, that or a breakfast because she I does a blessing. A well, she did say um, that. Dad always says a blessing before breakfast. Mm-hmm. So, you know, she gets her version of it. And then she realizes Tenzin's there. Yeah. Oh, she's also pretending that they're her new brothers and sisters. We were getting there. I, I thought she said that before no. Tenzin shows like, oh, it's me. Nope. Because uh, mm-hmm. Tenzin's like, oh, she's like, we have to go, don't we? And Tenzin goes, actually, can I join you guys? And that's when she introduces every single one of them. You have Blueberry Spicehead, yeah. Princess Rainbow, mm. Twinkle Star Child, and Juniper Lightning Bug, <laughs> who are their new, who are her new brothers and sisters. Yep. And Tenzin's like, hmm. Oh, by the way, Tenzin is sitting beside Blueberry Spicehead. That's important. Yeah, right, um, I remember. <laughs> and uh, and of course, he's Tenzin's like, oh, they're your new brothers and sisters. Can they be? My brothers and sisters too, <laughs> and of course Iki's like, hold on, they have to be okay with it. Uh huh, uh huh, yeah, no, no, he's he's nice, yeah, uh huh, yep, they say it's okay, yeah, <laughs> in, in typical Iki fashion. Uh, Iki's great, that um, was really adorable. Um, this is where we cut back to the trial, where Bolin sits with Asami <laughs> and says, "All right, so I gave the yuans to a couple of guys and told them to take care of it." And then I winked. <laughs> yeah. And then, of course, immediately after he says that, you see these two random guys yeah, two counting randos. the Uans. I'm just like, yeah. <laughs> and um, and then oh, the and wait, you hear you hear that Judge Hota's there. And Bolin's like, like oh. I should have been that guy. <laughs> and Asami's like, you think? That was an amazing joke. <laughs> I, love, I love that. But also, then, I just straight up ready to bribe judges for this. <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> but then, of course, we get the trial where Unalak tells his side, and Cora answers the judges' questions with random Bolin inter- in- interruptions. Yep, unhelpfully. And Cora, of course, accidentally incriminates her father, family in the actual. Yeah, thing and of course, and then that's when he's just like, "Yep." Uh, the judge is like, "Yep, I'm gonna make my uh, judgment soon." Yep. Cut uh, to outside the trial where yep. we see Eska. Yep, Bolin. And Bolin comes over and he's Tries like, again. Hey, we, we need to talk." He actually does the honest approach. He's like, "We need to talk." Uh, at first there was the spark, and then and then Eska brings up how there is this giant chasm between them that nothing can actually fill. And he's like, good, you understand. And then Eska decides to pull the nothing except for marriage yep. and puts a uh, engagement necklace around Bolin's neck. Yep, and if you remember the original series, this is a tie-back to Katara's grandmother marrying the Northern Water Tribe leader. He gave her the necklace and she had that throughout the entire series. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, oh yeah. And of course... <laughs> Love uh, that symbolism. And of course, um, she's like, we will wait at sunset. And Bull- hey, you may you may express your joy through tears. Yeah, and, like, oh, and Bullet is like crying. crying, like, oh, this is too sad. Oh. <laughs> yeah, she pulls him away, choking him with the necklace. <laughs> that was um, an amazing scene. And then, uh, of course... The trial. Yep, Hotel returns and talks to Korra's mother, specifically, Senna. Yep. Senna. He's like, Senna, I found you innocent. You're free to go. 
So, you know, she gets, un- like, the uh, handcuffs gone, and then, of course, yay. But then Hota goes, Oh, the rest- say, yep, uh, this is, uh, this is a fam- one of my favorite scenes in the entirety of Korra right now that me and, me and Ed constantly talk about, where the judge sentences uh, all the rest of the rebels, including her father, to death, and then the best Korra line ever, if you take their lives, I'll, I'll take, take yours. yours. And I'll I'm take just yours. Like, oh, that, that moment right there is when... Korra became my favorite character in this Dude, entire series. Right? That's insane. It's like, it's like, you can't do this. You you take their lives, I'll take yours. Even the judge was like, um... Yeah, he's like, oof, I'm like, that's the Avatar, so she could. And, then the, um, and of course, Tarlac... Nothing no one could do about it. Uh, I, I said Tarlac, oops. Unalak yeah, is like, the judge, whoa, whoa, yeah, hey. Just life sentences. Yeah, just ease up. Show them mercy. Oh, and of course, the judge is like, okay, fine. Lifetime in prison. Yep. And back to Tenzin and Iki. Um, where Tenzin is bonding very, very much with Blueberry Spicehead. Yep, it's very adorable. It, it is, actually. And, of course, Iki's like, hey, um, Kaya and Boomy should come here. And Tenzin's like, dude, they just ruined the mood. Iki's like, but Kaya's really super nice, and, Bo- and Boomy's, like, really super funny, too. And, of course, that's when Tenzin brings up, what about Milo and Janora? Uh, Milo's really funny. You never yep. know what he's going to say. And Janora's really nice, too. And then, of course, Iki's like, like, humph, humph. And, but she's like, mm-hmm. it's tough, isn't it? And yeah. Tenzin's like, truer words couldn't be yeah, said. Yeah, that was a very nice cute scene about them. And, like, the, family yeah, problems she, she are the learns, same, and they're yeah. really, it's, it's hard. It's like, oh, that's really I, nice I, cute I, scene. pretty much learns the value of family. Mm-hmm. And, of course, Tenzin is really happy about this, too. And he kind of... He learns a lesson, too. Yeah, yeah he, he, he learns a lesson, too. And then they both finally decide to go home. Yeah, but, the buffalo leave when they realize that uh, their family's always there when they have their backs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, of course, uh, Iki's like, we'll, we'll come back because I know you bonded with Blueberry Spicehead. Yep. And Tenzin's <laughs> just like, I would love that. <laughs> Very cute scene. See, I told you it was important. I know. Um, and then we uh, cut we, to Korra visiting her father in prison. In prison, yes. Yep. Uh, Korra and her mom. And, of course, Korra's like, oh, I'm, you're... Uh, yeah, I'm gonna break you out of here right now. Yeah, we're, we're gonna break you out right now and, and um, her dad's like no don't do anything rash yep um as, as that happens you see Cora conf- uh, comforting her mother and is angry and feels helpless regarding this whole situation yep so and then she ch- and then we see uh just a regular road oh she says like, I'm gonna go after that judge <laughs> no like, she doesn't say anything she says, she says she's going nope. to go after that judge she doesn't say it she, she says she's going to no Whatever. Anyway, argue about this. I will, um, I will argue but, forever because I love the scene too. <laughs> but anyway, um, we see um, Judge Hoda driving away in a car and getting chased by Nagu. Yep. Which, by the way, even when the even when Hoda steps on the gas on this vehicle, Naga is still faster yep. than this vehicle. Naga is still faster than the truck. Polar bear dogs are just. I mean, could you imagine a polar bear with the strength and speed of a dog equivalent? <laughs> I, yeah, I'm saying this is fascinates me even more. And of course. Naga just beats the crap out of the machine, and uh, Korra crashes the car. <laughs> yeah, crashes the car completely. Just Korra pulls Hota out, and he's just like, collar. "Yeah, it's amazing." Yeah, she's like, "Now listen up. You're not gonna do what I want. You're gonna do what Naga wants, and Naga wants you to free my dad." And Hota's like, "I can't. I already passed my judgment. I was doing what I was told." Boom. What? Yeah. I said too much. I can't say anything. Well, and so we get the best core interrogation <laughs> ever. We get the Naga interrogation yeah, where it literally puts Hota on, like inside yeah. Naga's open, like fang-ridden <laughs> mouth. Yeah, I love this thing. And she's just like, if you know what's best, unless you want to be Naga's snack, get talking. So Hota <laughs> reveals that not only was the the trial rigged, yep. plus 
Senna being freed and the sentence being lightened was Unalak's plan to make Korra stay on His Unalak's side. side. Yep. But he also kind of mentions that the uh, how he hired, how he did something in the how he got his brother banished in the north. Yep. We don't get that explanation yet, mm. but we but we cut back to Vacation Tenzin for a very brief moment. Yeah, where, very nice scene with Boomy. Yeah, with Boomy, you know, being like, "Hey, Dad, you talking know, to the, um, to the Ang statue in yep. the statue room with all the other one." He apologizes for not being an airbender. That was like, "Oof, that tore me." Yeah, up. Yeah, it tore me up. But then he's just like, you know, but I did, you know, try to save the world. Yeah, and of course, Kaya gives him a nice sister. Yeah, she hug. confronts him. I confronts him. I was like, "Oh, that's so nice." But Boomy, yeah, Boomy's a, a general in the National Army. Yeah, he I was a lot. Say, he did, he and did I say he did probably more to help the world. World. Tenzin did, I guess, presumably. So, at the, right then and there, we cut back to the uh, apartment that yep. Varric is in, where Korra pretty much reveals everything that the trial was a, a fault. Tells of Mako and Unalak it. Or tells Mako and Varric about Unalak. And Asami, because Asami's there too. Yep. Um, and of course, t- t- just reveals everything, including we finally get the details that Unalak hired the barbarians yep. to attack. And then told the barbarians to go to the spirit forest, yep. knowing that uh, her dad would chase them. Mm-hmm. So she, he literally rigged him being banished and the entire trial. And that's when Bolin, Bolin. was right. Oh, no, no. Bolin was correct because that's when Mako reveals, oh, so Unalak wanted your dad out of the picture to mm-hmm. become the chief. And now he wants to be the chief of the South, too. Mm-hmm. Gee, Bolin was right when they were in the fire. How about that? Speaking of Bolin... Yep, he comes in, him and Pabu have a nice new look, <laughs> looking exactly like Eskan does with the cool bangs. And even the robes. Yeah, the robes. Yes, Pabu's wearing the robes, robes too. Yeah, and they Pabu's both look just robes. so thrilled. Yeah, it's hilarious. <laughs> and of uh, course, Asami's like, it didn't go well, did it? And he goes, no, it went so well that she wanted to marry me. <laughs> and of course, Varric gives the best advice ever. When you're dealing with crazy women, best thing to do is to lie big and leave fast. (laughs) But now, gather around Ping Ping. It's plan time. Yep, they are planning a prison break. Korra, Asami, and Mako sneak into the prison where we we see the coolest thing ever because Asami has the glove again. Yep. And uh, zaps the guy and zaps the uh, guy holding the keys. And Korra unlocks the door, opens it up, and her dad's not there. When Unalak is like, oh, I moved your dad. You'll never see him yep, again. Yep, Unalak is, is ahead of them and has him move to the north. He's, he's, he's yeah, a plan to the sending him to the north. Yeah. Yep. And of course, Korra's like, you're going to free him. I'm not going to be manipulated manipulated by you. In which Unalak's like, you're the Avatar. You have to stay neutral. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> and of like, course, she's like, dude, you shut me. up. You're bringing my dad back because yeah, you need, you need me. me to open the portal. He's just like, no, I don't. <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> you did it. You did everything you needed to. So Korra and uh, Korra and Unalak just have a nice little bending fight. Barely, they beat him. And she, they well, yeah. I mean, oh, dude, it's funny. It's like they see her water bend. They can do that. They they can block that easily. No. She fire beds. They can do that easily. The moment she does air bending, he's like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> um, and then of course, you know, um, Cora's like, uh, Cora's like, hey. If we leave now, we can get to Varric's boat. So yep. they all leave. 
And then you see the streets where Roland <laughs> is literally marching with a platypus bear. Yeah, the crazy platypus bear. <laughs> and uh, with, yeah, the, the Ping Ping, I think. Yeah, is yeah, the Ping name. Ping, the platypus um, bear. And then, of course, the soldiers are like, um, you got a license for that. And as, you know, Bolin's talking to the guards, we hear the second most iconic line Julie, <laughs> do the thing. And then money starts coming out of the platypus bear's butt. Yeah. And then we get literally the most iconic season two line ever so far. Random citizen points and says, That platypus bear's pooping money! And everyone goes for, for, for the cash. That's great. I literally had to pause the episode the first time I watched that. And I bet anything, Leanne and Ed were wondering what the hell I was doing yeah, because exactly. <laughs> I could not breathe because when that guy yelled that bear <laughs> is hooping money, I'm just like, I, I died. I died. That was an amazingly hilarious scene. Um, so, of they, course... Uh, they get to Varric's boat. Everyone and does. And of course... plane on the two. Well, yeah, yeah. Because Varric is, is the land of convenience mm -hmm. because he, he knows the plans and everything. Everyone's like, oh, look, there's a blockade. Only we had a plane, and Varric's like, hey, I have a plane. Yep. <laughs> oh, and but no runway. So he has Julie take a memo. Build runways. <laughs> yeah. So, kind of a cool scene, actually. Oh, because it's a very, Asami, very cool scene. Asami is piloting the, the plane, and as they're getting ready to take off, uh, Mako and Korra firebend to give it like that extra oomph yeah, a little to bit actually of get powers. it out, <laughs> uh, to get it out and flying. So they take care of. The they blockade, push aside yeah. all the blockade, you know, and Varric's ship gets past, and we get this interesting scene where one of the guys, one of the northern troops is looking, and sees a platypus bear piloting the... Yeah. He's <laughs> like, sir, you're not gonna believe this. I love that they, uh, to get to the prison boat that's already halfway gone, they crash the plane into it, and they jump mm -hmm. off, which is yep. a really cool scene. And they, they rescue the dad and all the other uh, rebels. Right, and then of course the dad's like, I told you not to do anything rash. And Cora's like, get on, get in losers, I'll explain later. Yep. And uh, so they all get in, and, and then we go back one to... One last scene of Yep, with Vacation, vacation Tenzin, Tenzin, where, um, you know, Iki and Tenzin come back. Yep. And Janora and Milo make up with Iki, yep. like, literally instant. Where yeah, it's like, course. hey, you're back, we're sorry. Thanks. Want to play a game? Yeah. <laughs> and of course, Tenzin comes over and he's like, hey, sorry for actually overlooking the bad parts of Dad. And even Kaya and Boomy are like, hey, look, we kind of put our frustrations on, of Dad on you. You didn't deserve that either. Yeah. Kaya brings up, I, I, I almost melted at this scene because Kaya brings out an actual like family picture with yeah, all of them. Kids, I'm just like, it's oh, so no. Yeah, it's adorable. And then after all that, we go back to Korra and everyone, uh, and everyone that were, were just freed, and Korra reveals everything, yep. and even even her dad's like, "Wow, yeah, he's super he, pissed about it." Yeah, yeah, he's like, great. "What?" And where in previous times during the Civil War kind of thing beginning, um, everyone was like, "Oh, Tonrock's a traitor," blah blah blah. Mm -hmm. Well, this time it's like after knowing the truth and everything, yep. Tonrock's like, "This is what we're gonna do," and even the guys who were calling him traitor were like. We're with you, buddy. <laughs> and even Cora's like, I'll fight with you. And her dad's like, no. Best thing you can do is go back to Republic City and get the president on our side. Yep. And get all the United Forces to help the South. <laughs> and, of course, she's like, okay, fine. So they get to go away. And Bolin is like, Cora, thank you. And Cora's like, I literally just started a civil war. He goes, yep, 
Which means I don't get to see Eska anymore. <laughs> Aww. Every single time he says that, you should expect this. Of course. Varric notices that there's something coming at them, and not the fun thing. <laughs> when Bolin looks through the uh, telescope kind of thing, mm-hmm. um, you see Eska with makeup running through her eyes. Yeah, looking crazy angry, more emotionally we've seen her the entire series so far. <laughs> yeah, the, the most emotional we've ever seen her. And she is just beelining it oh, yeah. straight for them. And my, fa- <laughs> my, favorite, great, quip, yeah. my favorite quip ever, Bolin's like, Varric... Can, is this thing fast enough to escape my crazy water-bending ex-girlfriend? Why do you think I built this boat? And then they zoom off, and that's literally where it ends. Yeah, that was a hilarious note to end on. <laughs> oh, amazing. my goodness. Dude, Varric is literally the land of convenience. Varric is they need great something. Varric's got it. They need money? Varric's got it. Well, he's rich. They need, they, they need, they need a plan? Varric's got it. They need a plane on a boat? He, got a plane on, he has a plane on the boat. He's He's a really great character. He's really funny. Uh, he, dude, he's literally my... Like, in season two, uh, aside from Bolin, obviously, mm-hmm. he's literally my favorite character. He and Julie are literally... <laughs> I mean, dude, all he has to say is, Julie, do the thing. And she knows exactly what to yeah, do. Yeah, it's amazing. They're, they're, I love they're, it. They're they have a great dynamic, and they're going to be they're gonna be a series for a while. They're really great. I can't funny. wait. But, like, yeah, they're amazing, and Varric's hilarious, and it's just like, this is a great... Well, yeah... What did you think of this uh, first four episodes of the season compared to the last season? <sighs> okay, look, the first three episodes of season one, because mm-hmm. that's what we did for an episode, built everything up, and it was spectacular. I loved it. Like, I I instantly fell in love with how Korra was compared to how Aang was. Don't get me wrong, Aang was amazing, mm-hmm. but I like how they did this different approach with Korra and everything like that. Oh, yeah. These four first four episodes, they literally did... Everything in these first four episodes that Korra had to do, the first season had to do in like the first half of season yeah, one. Like- there was there was like great tension. Mm-hmm. There was the drama. There was action. There was fun moments. There was every single thing. And then they had to throw in Varric. Yeah, who's goddamn amazing. Yeah, Varric <laughs> is literally my favorite character so far in season two specific. Like yeah. it, it, his introduction because. I will fight anyone. I will punch anyone in the face. Bolin is best boy. But, <laughs> but, but. Very um, hilarious. Uh, but, I mean, aside from all of that, heck, we're finally getting into the spirit, the more spiritual things. Because, yeah, she finally connected with Aang at the end of season one. Yep. But now we're getting deeper into it. Yep. And not just the whole connecting with past avatars. We're actually getting into spirits. Oh, dude. They look dude, so different right you now. You have no clue where this is, where I know this is I going don't. to go. Because, yeah, there's a reason this is called spirits. Because it is all about, like, and given the villain, presumably, for what you see so far in the series, Unalak, you can see, like, okay, this is going to be about, like, spirituality in the avatar world. And it's going to be really, really oh, fantastic. My goodness. I mean, in the, fir- the first one, w- the, the first season was about, dif- definitely was about change. Yeah. Because everything was technologically more advanced. People had different ideologies rather than what Aang had. You know, it was, uh, they were evolving. I mean, then again, 100 years will do that. Yeah. Um, but then, or however see, long it's been, well, like, like the only record by well, is Katara. <laughs> well, yeah, I was gonna say Korra, obviously, because it's been a hundred years. Every Avatar, comes I've been in. passed away for twenty, at least seventeen to twenty years. Well, right, but I'm saying the new point, Avatar yeah. comes up every hundred years. No, no, they're whenever the person dies. Kyoshi lived for like four hundred years. Wait, she lived for four hundred? About. <laughs> well, well, also, I was, say, this well, also ties was, into um, regarding Aang dying, presumably proportionally young to every other avatar who lived for like a hundred plus years the creators address this saying that 
and used up his extra Avatar time being frozen for 100 years. Well, I mean, that makes sense. Yeah, that's why he didn't live as absurdly long. Because, like, yeah, if you look at Roku, look at that, all the other ones, they live for, like, 100 plus years. I mean, but it makes sense. I mean, because he was frozen for 100 years. uh, Because he was was frozen for 100 years. That technically made him in the first episode 112. Yep, and also he lived till, yeah, like... Well, whatever, Katara's age minus 20 or whatever. Yeah, Korra. minus like 17, 20 years. Yeah, and then like, yeah, that's how that's how long ago he passed away. So he was not that old. He would have been probably maybe like 50s or 60s. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, well, which is so upsetting. Yeah, sounds about right. Yeah, I mean, it but is like, upsetting, but Yeah, I but mean, like, though, yeah, but that's like, they all have extra time and they all have extra stuff like that. But yeah, Korra's, this, so much has changed throughout the series and just like this whole season. Well, so much being focusing on the water tribes, which you never got much of in the other seasons. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, really the, the only cool. the only like important thing in Avatar, The Last Airbender, mm-hmm. was, oh, he has to go to the North Pole and train. Boom, done, that's it. Now we're actually getting into like the North and the South, Southern water tribes getting into a civil war. Yeah. We're getting into some important water tribe stuff. Mm-hmm. It's really, really cool. Oh, it's so good. Yep, and it's only going to get crazier from here because next week we're covering, or next week, two weeks from now after the Young Justice episode, we're going to be covering another four episodes because there's another two-parter. A very, very important one that I have a personal connection to because I saw it before everyone else at a Comic-Con <laughs> way back in the year. They played like the, the actual full episode. Yeah, I saw, I saw the first, ep- the, of the two-parter, it's a very distinctly different than usual episode that's all I'll say but like they I saw the first episode first part of that at a con like my, like weeks before it aired and it was just like a whole cool experience seeing that a huge group of people we'll, we'll talk about that when we actually watch the episode but oh, like boy. it's really fantastic and we can't wait to get to the next four Yep, I'm getting spoiled again because rather than the three usual oh, yeah. three, I'm getting four episodes it's, again. It's a really good four episodes too. Oh my god. We're goodness. heading back to Republic City, presumably. Oh, I hope so. <laughs> I miss, don't get me wrong. I love this whole thing with the water truck. And I would have it would have been interesting to see this entire season just be in the like the, well, it's, the it's South. A, well, I'm not but, them, but you'll see. But it's very, yeah. obviously they have to go back to Republic City mm-hmm. to get the president on the side. Yep, and if, if he will, if he won't, I don't know. Yeah, there's going to be some crazy and stuff. The season's going to go. My final, places my, you're not going to predict. <laughs> my final thought on this before we wrap up: What is with that wooden statue in the statue room? Uh, yeah. uh, hey, don't worry about that. That's not important. Screw you. I'm going to worry about that all the live long day. Like uh, working on the railroad. Oh, Jesus. Terrible. Anyway. <laughs> but but thank you, uh, everyone, for listening to yep. us. Plugs, Ben? Any yet? Uh, not yet, but I'm actually, now that my personal stuff is coming to a, ra- a wrapping close, I can finally start working on that Facebook page I said mm-hmm. about. All right. What about uh, you? Uh, I have the Matthew Lewis P on Twitter. I have Matthew Lewis Podcasts, Patreon. Still looking for patrons. <laughs> I have the Matthew Lewis P or Matthew Lewis Podcasts YouTube, which is probably one of the most frequent places this is looked at. And uh, yeah, make sure you rate five stars and you leave reviews and oh, stuff. Oh, put those plugs in. You know, you literally need that to survive on annoying iTunes. Like, you need to have it's it's a horrible shilling annoyingness, but you need to like have people actually give five stars or like you need to like, put on the front page or actually promote it for similar stuff. It's uh, annoying. It's a nightmare. That is. That is. <laughs> I I can understand. But that, that's so. a, that's anything. But all right, uh, that all, dude. Yeah, I mean, that's about everything we can. We'll see y'all next week. See you later. Keep it slazy.